0: Uh, gonna have some uh, we're gonna get some stuff here uh shockingly. You now, there's a lot of twists and turns in this Smirnoff uh, story. so we're gonna get into all that. Uh, I've got some great content here, got some great reporting from both Stephen McIntyre, Dan Bongino, and from <clears throat> excuse me from uh, Kyle Cheney on this whole Smirnoff and it just got so crazy this week. I don't even know where to begin. so Waiting on Jen to get in here now, and then we will probably go ahead and get started here shortly. Uh, Those of you that have never been to one of my deep dives before, oh boy. Um, Typically, like a lot of times, it was me, Millie Weaver, and Jen, and Dustin, you know, doing this during the day. Um, But I'm kind of moving it towards the nighttime as I still have like a a normal job. So... (laughs) Uh, And it's getting a little bit busier. We're getting into the busy time of the year for me where distributors are kicking up. So been really busy with meetings. And then, boom. So we're going to start doing these at night, probably. And we'll still have them during the day, but uh, definitely going to be doing these more at night. So I put down in the chat uh, some content that I put out today. Uh, Dan Bongino had an excellent segment, actually two segments. He was talking about Catherine Herridge. Uh, who was the fired CBS reporter, and they came and confiscated all of her material. She happened to be reporting on Hunter, Hunter Biden. Go figure. And so um, what's funny about this also, I'm working with a team of absolute mad lads, and some of these guys are really excellent developers, and they developed this website called corruptlaptop.com, and where we're going to start continually uploading more and more of Hunter Biden's laptop material to that website, which is safe, There's obviously no materials that you could get in trouble for, because if you guys have seen what I've seen on the Hunter Biden laptop, I would never want that on my hard drive. Uh, So you can go to corruptlaptop.com and look at it. Uh, It's pretty amazing. So, uh, but I'll put that up there. Let me get Jen in here, and I'll be right back, guys. But like I said, down in the chat, I've got some content here. I've got the Dan Bongino clip, which is about six minutes, which I'm going to play, because it's going to be a great primer to kind of really absorb what the hell's going on here. Uh, as you guys know, I've been reporting on the, the Biden Inc and the Biden corruption for a long, long time. Uh, matter of fact, probably in this same vein, I should probably include my Biden Inc mega thread that I was putting together last year around July. Uh, been reporting on this stuff for, for some time now, but since uh, there was actually active investigations into Hunter finally, and the oversight committee was kicking up. I figured it'd be a good time to bring all that content back out. And so I'm gonna include that mega thread down below where it has all the receipts and much more, both from the Senate Intel Committee meeting in 2020, and then again, the Weaponization Committee in 2022, 23, 24. And uh, we'll get started here shortly, but this is what we affectionately call Biden Inc. So let me put that thread down there as well. Got a lot of good stuff in there. If you guys are starting just now, get acquainted with this material. Um, it would definitely be helpful for you. So let me, let me put that down there as well. I'll probably just put it in a reply to the thread there. That way there's two separate threads going on. And uh, we can get started here shortly. So like I said, I'm gonna get uh, Jen in here. She's my co-host always. And uh, we'll get going from there also guys are listening and you didn't know it if you don't have an automatic update i i always check before i host a space to see if there's an update and there sure was so might want to consider that as well but there was an update yeah jack go ahead because i'm gonna get all this arranged to get uh, Jen in here
1: all right so i want to say that it is related to this that you know robert davey he made the movie about hunter biden and i'm confirmed that we will be interviewing him on tuesday at 7 p.m not yeah so if we want to address all this with him,
0: we can uh, maybe we can do that as well. OK, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Put that out. What you got to do with that, Jack? Um, OK, so I'll be right back. Let me get Jen in here. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start playing this Dan Bongino clip that really kind of summarizes uh, everything. Uh, number one, there's a couple people asking me how to support me. I, I don't typically plug my own stuff. Uh, but since I was asked, I'll do that. Number one, just, I don't know, share my content, come to my spaces. I do have a buy me a coffee in my bio. I do get my Venmo in there. Uh, I don't ever plug that stuff because I'm just here to put the information out. I am also, of course, building a platform. And so eventually, you know, I'm going to be having a media venture put together, a think tank uh, venture put together. And so there will definitely be more opportunities to help out in the future. Obviously, we'll be doing funding and things like that. But for right now, I appreciate the uh, the kind words and asking, and so uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get started here shortly. We see where Jen's at. Yeah. Hey,
1: I can play the video
0: if you need me to. No, I've got it all set up here, bud. Appreciate it. So I guess that's what I'll do. I really wanted Jen to hear it. I mean, I sent it to her earlier today, and we were talking about it, but the the space is filling up, and I'm not sure where they're at. So they're probably busy doing a meeting or something. So, uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and get started here. And so this clip was on the Dan Bongino show today. So to kind of remind everybody of what I'm talking about, you guys know, you guys saw that one of the witnesses that was a confidential human source to the FBI. Um, they, so they basically were, were basically a confidential human source for 10 years. And all of a sudden now, everything he said is complete lies, complete Russian disinformation and all these things. And I got to tell you, you know, for somebody that's covered Russia Spy Gate, collusion hoax, Ukraine, that I've been covering this stuff for years. Um, I just got to be honest with you. It's it's always suspect. Right. But I was like, OK, fine. But I immediately knew I was like, wait, this dude's a plant or something. Because if they're coming at him this hard, right, and they're saying that he's a Russian agent, Russian disinformation agent, so on and so forth, they're coming at him this hard, like, why? And then he was charged again. He went to go visit his attorney. And I'm going to get into this whole story. But this guy who was a confidential human source for the FBI went to go talk to his attorneys in California, and they arrested him again. I was like, wait, what is going on? Well, Stephen McIntyre, who's at Climate Audit, uh, is an absolute wizard, and he's been him and Fool Nelson and Tracy Beans. A lot of these people they've been they've been deep in the weeds on this stuff for years. And man, what an eagle eye that he did because he found within those charging documents these text messages. So I think I've set this up, and this is about basically um, this this Smirnov fella. He did okay. This this Smirnov fella, he. Well, I'll play the clip because it's pretty mind blowing. If you're hearing this for the first time, your your, your jaw is going to drop because these were actually in the documents and we're going to go over the documents. It's not conjecture. It's not Dan Bongino, just saying something off the cuff. This is why I like his content. He approaches content the same way I do. And obviously we're knee deep this stuff. He wrote a book about it, the whole nine. So let me play that clip. It's about six minutes. It'll give time for Jen and everybody to get in here. Ah, sorry about that guys.
2: He did. Okay. Biden was running Ukraine. So much so that his son had a job for what is it, $83,000 a month at a natural gas company in Ukraine, despite his son having zero experience in natural gas whatsoever. From what we know, Hunter never even went to Ukraine. Okay? So this is a real problem. You got that background. Now, a source came forward to the FBI who had been working with the FBI for 10 years. This is apparently a trusted source. Lady. Okay, that. they know multiple they that background now. Now, a source came forward to the FBI who had been working with the FBI for 10 years. This is apparently a trusted source. Ladies and gentlemen, their words, not mine. Here's where McIntyre exposes something crazy that we did not pick up on. Big hat tip to him. Here's his first tweet. They note that Smirnoff, who's this FBI source who was allegedly ratting out the Bidens, right? They know multiple pages of his indictment contain a series of texts from May 19, 2020, in very large font, which Weiss, the special prosecutor, characterized as expressing a bias against Biden. This is really important. Weiss failed to disclose what was happening on May 19, 2020. It was pivotal to subsequent censorship, including the laptop. The text you're about to read. All
0: right. Hang on. Let me kind of break that down for a minute. So. What there's somebody saying here, and we're going to go into the text messages or in the charging documents the, that was against the Smirnov confidential human source of the FBI for 10 years, right? That 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 operated within, obviously, the Ukraine, because we're going to find, we know who it is. And he was connected with Hunter and all the shenanigans and all the corruption that were going over there. And as we know, Joe Biden was the point man, the king of Ukraine that Obama put in there, right? Okay. But something came out May 19th of 2020, right? What was it? Now we're going to get into this because it's damning. And this is why I believe that the Biden DOJ is going after this guy so hard because they do not want this to get out. Now, what happened May 19th, 2020, we're going to get to it, but I just wanted to set that up because what they're also talking about here is they essentially was a catalyst for centering the Hunter Biden laptop story where they Devise this whole plan through Elvis Chan out of the F- San Francisco FBI field office to go to the people at Twitter, to go people at people at, at Meta and meet with them and say that there is going to be a hack and leak operation. Russians are going to hack. It's Russian disinformation. It's a hack and leak. They're going to leak it out. It was the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, why is that interesting? Well, because the and we know about this, you can look through Missouri v. Biden case. I've covered it many times. If you want to get caught up on Missouri v. Biden, go to my highlights tab. I've done space after space on this. Tracy Beans uh, and myself have covered it extensively. Tracy has obviously by far been a rock star covering Missouri v. Biden. But we we know in those documents that were subpoenaed from the government that that Elvis Chan, F, out of the San Francisco FBI field office, met with people at Twitter. We saw this in the Twitter files as well, and they were saying it's going to be a hack and link operation. But this. The thing was, is the FBI had the laptop before May 19, before May 19th of 2020. But why is this May 19th, 2020 date so important, specifically in this charging and recharging of this 10 year, uh, apparently reliable, confidential human source? OK, well, here we go. Throw
2: oh, them up on the screen, one by one from this source about the Biden family, uh, according to the indictment, occurred on May 19th. They note that there were some calls here that smell bad for Joe Biden. You can see the screenshot one over here. Keep in mind, this is from this source. who's saying, I got info. Telling the FBI, I got info on Biden. He's like, this is news all over Russia and Ukraine. We've got calls. You're like, calls between Hunter, uh, excuse me, Joe Biden and others? That's kind of weird. Haven't we heard that on your show before? Stay tuned. Text number two. This is in the indictment. You can read this stuff yourself. Democrats tried to impeach... For the same, I'm probably talking about Trump, even less, all those politicians, you know, same shit, jail for all of them, plus the bribe, probably note of Biden, he knows here, because a lot of this is redacted, should be in the news. He goes on. This is important stuff. Only if you believe it's a request to get rid of the prosecutor general. was only because of Burisma, which by all accounts, it was not. For sure, yes, I'll try to prove it to you, bro. That's the FBI guy talking to him. So the source says, yes, I'll try to prove it to you that they fired this prosecutor looking into this bribe payments to public official or are you talking about the aid withheld unless they fired the prosecutor that's the fbi handler it ends up like this i'll get those recordings of the public official's son telling burisma that his dad will take care of the prosecutor general with a bribe to him and his son the handler notes that would be a game changer he notes i'll meet with the guys as soon as i'll be able to fly this is may 19 2020. ladies and gentlemen what happened on May 19th of
3: 2020?
2: Well, let's go to tweet number two for McIntyre. Folks, that was the day Andre Durkash and Konstantin Kulik, the Ukrainian prosecutor who uncovered a lot of this stuff, by the way, had a press conference where they released the tapes. What are the tapes? Well, if you're a listener to the show, you've already heard these tapes. These are the tapes where Joe Biden is recorded with the Ukrainian president, basically saying, Get rid of this prosecutor general right now or we're not giving you this big international loan. The prosecutor general was looking into what Biden was up to as the king of you. He was the king of Ukraine. I need you to understand this. He was running Ukraine. He was having them shut down banks, fire prosecutors general. He, they were interfering in everything in Ukraine. Him, Victoria Nuland, the United States embassy over there. And they were making a fortune doing it. Soros folks were involved in this. There was a ton of people. Ukraine was an ATM for them. I want to play tape one. We played it on the show before, but I want you to listen. This is. Uh, the, I'll, I'll play the Trump one next. It explains also why they need to get rid of Trump right now and why they impeached him. When why did they impeach? Hold on. Prosecutors General. He. They were interfering Sorry in everything in switched. Ukraine. Him. Victoria Newland the United States embassy over there, and they were making a fortune doing it. Soros folks were involved in this. There was a ton of people. Ukraine was an ATM for them. I want to play tape
0: one. Before I play tape one, this is, and again, that's setting up the conversation of Poroshenko and Joe Biden. Uh, I want to remind people that are listening, and maybe you're hearing this for the first time, I'm trying to go slow and trying to bring as much context as I possibly can into this uh, because you need to understand. And there was a recording that came out, Joe Biden, before we play the recording between uh, Ukraine and, and Biden, there was a recording that came out, Joe Biden was at the Council of Foreign Relations, okay? And at this Council of Foreign Relations, this is how Joe Biden got the nickname quid pro quo Joe, right? And the whole point is, and he kind of brought it up, that they they tried to impeach Trump, and we're gonna go in, I'm, I'm gonna leave that on the table I think Dan summarizes it well. But before I play this conversation between Poroshenko and, and, and Joe Biden, let me play this one minute 18 clip from the Council of Foreign Relations where Joe Biden is talking about this IMF loan guarantee. OK, so and, and so let me show you this. This is really important in context
4: loan guarantee and i had gotten a commitment from poroshenko and from uh yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor and they didn't so they said they had they were walking out to the press conference and nah. i said i'm not going to or, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars they said you have no authority you're not the president the president said i said call him <laughs> i said i'm telling you you're not getting the billion dollars I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm gonna be leaving here, and I think it was what six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Well, there's still they so they made some genuine s- substantial changes institutionally and with people. But in one of the three institutions, there's now some backsliding. The courts there and yes and they had made that commitment that they wouldn't do that and so when we left the first thing i spent uh, um, a lot of time as did mike because this was his territory is mike because this was his territory is people like charlie cupchin and victoria anyway
0: so a lot of there's a lot of names there i get it uh, i'm gonna ignore most of them The slowdown for the Michael part is Michael Carpenter, which I will actually get into later in this space, uh, is very important. It's especially very important when it comes to a lot of the things that are surrounding, not only within the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, but also uh, what happened with the documents that were stored at the UPenn Biden Center. It's very important. Michael Carpenter is involved. But what you heard right there was 100 percent Joe Biden saying, if you don't fire the prosecutor, if you don't put people in place that are friendly to us, then you're not going to get the billion dollars. And they said, you don't have authority to do that. And he said, call Obama because I'm I'm the king around here. And that's what he's saying here. And so it's really important context before I play this clip of the con- actual conversation after this was done between Joe Biden and Poroshenko. And it's really important to note because this is what, so yeah, I'm just gonna let Dan tell the rest. So I'm going to keep going, but I just wanted to throw that in there for context. That is proof that Joe Biden actually made this happen, right? So, some of you guys are listening, you're like, yeah, we know, we know. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that don't know this yet. So, here we go. I'm going to finish this video. We played it on the show before, but I want you to listen. This is, uh, the, I'll, I'll play
2: the Trump one next. It explains also why they need to get rid of Trump right now and why they impeached him. When, why did they impeach you? Hold on. Calm down. I get too excited about you. Why did they impeach Donald Trump? They could have impeached him over Spygate. They didn't do it. Over the collusion hoax, they didn't do it. Why did they impeach Trump? Come on, folks, you know. They only impeached Trump when he started sniffing around in Ukraine. Folks, the entire Russia collusion hoax is not about Russia. It's a distraction from Trump and everyone else looking into Ukraine, and even the Ukrainians know it. Listen to tape one. This is the same day. The same day. They're afraid this guy's going to talk about these tapes. That's what I'm getting at. That's why they're locking him up. I have no doubt. That's why this guy's in jail. They're afraid he's going to go public with these tapes. Listen to this.
3: You mean that there is a new government, a, uh, a new prosecutor general? I am prepared to do a public signing of the commitment for the billion dollars. In spite
5: of the fact that we don't
3: have any corruption charges,
5: you don't have any information about the he doing something wrong. I especially ask him no, it was taken for years. I especially ask him to resign
3: Congratulations on installing the new prosecutor general. It's going to be critical uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage Shokin did. And I'm a man of my word. I uh, and that now that the new prosecutor general is in place, we're ready to move forward and signing that new one billion dollar loan
0: guarantee. Okay, so crazy stuff there. Number one, Victor Shokin was the, was the prosecutor general in Ukraine that was investigating Burisma. So much so and uncovering so much about the corruption with Burisma and uh, obviously Hunter Biden and all the Bidens that there was actually the UK actually put sanctions on on on, on the CEO of Burisma. And they actually uh, took a ton of money, like one point five billion dollars that was being held in the UK. And the guy had to flee Ukraine. Right. So Victor Shokin was then fired as part of this deal. That, that Joe Biden made with Poroshenko, who was you know, the president of Ukraine at the time that we basically put in place once we did a color revolution in 2014, the Euromaidan. And, and Yatsenyuk was the replacement uh, prosecutor, solicitor general. And so essentially what it is, is you had the CEO of Burisma, which is the energy company, Ukrainian energy company, of which Hunter Biden sat on the board of for $83,000 a month. And when they started investigating Burisma for corruption, which I have all the receipts for that as well, why they were investigating it. Matter of fact, there was a, there was a person that was kind of floating around my content today, DM'd me and gave me the entire video dump of all of their catch and everything that is, that that they were talking about in Ukraine. I have all those videos. So I'm going to comb through those and see what else is in there. There's probably a lot that we don't even know about. I'm going to go through all those, but, so essentially, okay, so Joe Biden, as he's getting 10% for the big guy, because Hunter and Devin Archer, Devin Archer is Hunter Biden's business partner, of Rosemont Seneca. They work out a deal with Blue Star Strategies. And Blue Star Strategies is a PR firm that came out of the Hillary camp. This is Sally Painter, Catherine Tramontano. And they created this, what's called Blue Star Strategies. And essentially, they were paying Blue Star Strategies, of which then the money was flowing through them to Biden ultimately to Joe Biden to get his 10%. And so the payoff of the Burisma CEO through Blue Star Strategies to Hunter Biden and then ultimately to Joe Biden was to reform their image now that they got rid of the prosecutor and some people within the court systems within Ukraine that were adversarial to these people and the regime. And so they got rid of them. And then that way, and and so Joe Biden withheld the billion dollar loan guarantee until they did this. What you just heard on that phone call was him confirming, "Okay, you did this. You've got it done. We're going to make a public statement. We're going to get you the billion dollars. So this is how they removed Victor Shokin, who was the prosecutor. Right. This is complete corruption looking into Burisma, which is sunset on the board. So before I pivot to the thread, let me finish up this clip. There's about a minute left, but I think I've really broken this down. So it's very digestible. So let's move forward. And finish up this clip so you guys can really get a big piece of what's going on.
2: Folks, it's really a damn shame McIntyre doesn't have 42 trillion followers. Everyone in the world needs to know what he put together. He's 100% correct. It was right in front of our faces the whole time. He cites Full Nelson, too, and some others who have been following this the entire time. Go to his Twitter and read this. The same freaking day, he's texting his handler, hey, man. I got these tapes, these tapes are out there of Biden basically engaging in a major international influence peddling scheme to get rid of a prosecutor looking into his corruption. The same, he knows about it. This guy was texting his FBI handler. It's in the indictment. They're trying to shut this guy up. Don't believe a word they say about this guy. He's rushing until bullshit. Anytime they say, Russian intelligence, and its they're trying to cover something. This is... This is... A, I mean, do you understand the enormity of this? That is a major, major, major thing he found in that indictment last night.
0: It's huge. And so uh, the next part of this thread that I put together, it's not really a thread, it's just kind of a couple of posts put together so I can do this and host the space. The next one says, read this thread. We'll be hosting a space on this soon, uh, as there's a lot of uh, context to the story. And uh, shout out to my friend, Woke Societies, at Woke Societies on Pilled.net and on Rumble. Uh, He covered this today and gave me a huge shout out and drew some some traffic my way for the space tonight. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to Scott. I really appreciate him. Go check out Woke Societies on Rumble or on Pilled.net. He does great, great content. And he was breaking this down today. Matter of fact, shout out to Scott, because there was a thread that I did not know existed by Kyle Cheney that actually has additional content. So there's additional content that I did not see from Kyle Cheney that actually breaks down this new warrant that was just re-arresting him, essentially, Alexander Smirnov. And I'm going to go through that content. So, but Stephen McIntyre at Climate Audit, he was the one, this is Dan shouting him out. This is me shouting him out. He was the one that eagle eyed this when he looked at the charging documents and said, holy shit. These text messages are from this Smirnoff guy to his FBI handler. And he was um, a confidential human source for the FBI for 10 years. And all of a sudden now he's Russian disinformation agent and they can't trust him. Uh, we know the answer to this. It's all when it's whenever it's Russia, Russia, Russia. Not, listen, I'm not saying Russia is innocent. I'm not saying Putin's a good guy. No, but their their go to smear. To try to keep you away from the content is always, always Russian disinformation, misinformation, malinformation, blah, blah, blah. And I know I mentioned uh, Blue Star Strategy, Sally Painter earlier. I'll get into all that in a little bit. But let me actually find you um, the second part of uh, of this video. Because there is a part two that Dan is talking about here that I think is really important to note because it's actually Joe Biden talking to Poroshenko again. But this time he's trying to rest assured Poroshenko that this whistleblower, this, this confidential human source is not that the FBI is going to shut down the investigation. And they're not going to look into it any further because if they do, they've got a serious problem on their hands. And so Joe Biden was actually, actually, uh, you know, convincing, by talking with the FBI and convincing him that, yes, uh, no worries, not a big deal. Uh, but this was, you know, and so originally this reporting, that first clip that I played was a New York Post uh, reporting. The second clip was done by Chanel Rion at OAN. And man, oh man, I think she got it from the Kiev Post. I actually have that original article, but I've got the clip here. So I'm going to play this. I'm going to set this up with Dan. Because it's something I put together earlier. But this is part two of those clips. Remember he said in that clip, "This is part one is, is what New York Post had originally reported on with that first phone call uh, between Poroshenko and Biden. This is part two. This is the follow-up after all this is done. And then I'm going to get back into who Smirnov was. So this is part two.
2: Listen to the panic in Biden's voice as he pushes the Ukrainian president to shut the bank down before Trump gets into office. Take a listen.
3: I don't want Trump to get in the position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a policy where the financial system is going to collapse and he's going to be looked to to pour more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the details.
6: In other words,
7: Biden does not want Ukraine asking for more money from Trump. Doing so would
4: cause Trump to look into the details.
0: Listen to the panic in Biden's voice. That's a huge, huge deal. And there's actually a part three with the FBI conversation. It's actually a different clip. Uh, but that is also a big piece of this. And so there's just a lot here. I mean, I mean, this is in that thread that I put together last year, last June. I put together another thread before I was banned in 2020. Um, But, yeah, so this is all of it. And here we go. This is the this is the clip right here about him talking with Poroshenko regarding an FBI investigation, possible FBI investigation.
2: Here's Biden on tape with Poroshenko and Poroshenko is very concerned that Onoshenko is going to spill the beans with the FBI. And Biden says, but don't worry, the FBI is all on the level, folks. Biden says, like, don't worry, winky, winky, nod, nod. We made sure that all went away with the FBI. Don't you worry. Check this out.
8: If it, if it is true that FBI
9: worked with him, I, at least I want to
3: know. that. No, no, they are not. I told you the, the FBI concluded he had nothing and they stopped. Uh, that, that was it. There's no reason to talk to him again. Okay. I, I exactly. will check that and confirm that with you.
0: When they're saying that they're not going to talk to him again, it's not just Onyshenko. They're talking about Hunter Biden. So, again, this is them now demonstrating that that basically, you know, Joe Biden's got, you know, uh, we're good on the FBI front. Don't worry. There's nothing to worry about, Mr. Poroshenko. We pulled this off. You did what I asked. We got you the billion dollars and we're all good. We're all good. Well, obviously, that's not really the case right now, is it, guys? So. If you go to this thread that Stephen McIntyre put out, and this thing should have a million views by now. It's about 400,000. It needs to be over a million. Part one, we went through the text messages already in that video, in that audio. The second tweet is, on May 19th, of 2020, Andrei Durkach and Konstantin Kulik, the Ukrainian prosecutor who recovered about $1.5 billion of embezzled funds, the only major recovery ever accomplished, held a press conference that released biden Poroshenko tapes. Well, that's him releasing the tapes. And this is in Ukrainian. Uh, I could, I suppose you can go watch it. It's about an hour and 18 minutes long. Highly recommend to go watch it. It has been translated so you can watch the whole thing. The same person <clears throat> hooked me up with a lot of stuff. So, But as you move forward, as you move forward in this in this threat, it says the Dukat press conference attracted little mainstream attention but was the no, the noticed in this corner. I.e., that's Fool Nelson, Climate Audit, which is Stephen McIntyre, Many of the people that have been working on this. These guys are so good. Um, and he was covering it back in May of 2020. Like he was all over this the same day that all this came out. And in the summer of 2020, Democrats in U.S. state suppressed Dirkatch. In September of 2020, Dirkatch was sanctioned by our treasury and his social media and website were erased. So they basically completely debanked and removed Dirkatch, the same guy who was releasing all these audio clips that I just played for you. They basically removed the guy from social media. He was sanctioned, debanked by the Treasury. And it was part of the same op- operation and subsequent suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop. Okay. So this was the hack and leak FBI, Elvis Chan basically going to Twitter and Facebook, you know, Meta, and saying there's going to be a hack and leak operation. They're talking about the Hunter Biden laptop because they were given the Hunter Biden laptop by the guy who owned. The DC, uh, the, the Delaware PC repair shop. And so basically, the bottom line is this Smirnov's texts on May 19, 2020, were about Dirk and Kulik press conference of May 19, 2020, which contained lurid and detailed corruption allegations. People forget that it was Dirk who, in October of 2019, had been the first person to report with receipts that Hunter Biden was receiving $83, $333 per month, or about $1 million per year. To be a placeholder at Burisma, the, the Ukrainian energy company, and to be on the board. Um, and then essentially the Smirnov indictment continues on May 21st of 2020. There's text messages about Ukraine opening an investigation into corruption revealed by Drakach and Kulik. This was correct information. Zelensky announced investigation, but later, under pressure, Zelensky shut the investigation down completely. So then Smirnov then sent a picture of Joe and Hunter Biden golfing with Devin Archer, the famous picture where all four boys uh, are sitting there at the golf course. This is around the same time that Joe Biden said that Hunter Biden's the smartest man he knows, and he never had anything to do with any of his business dealings. Around the same time that Tony Bobulinski came out and said, I was a business partner with Hunter Biden, and I met with Joe Biden several times. And Joe Biden definitely knew about his son's business affairs. And that's where this photo is actually included. This golf photo is actually included in these charging documents. So Smirnoff then sent a picture of Joe and Hunter Biden golfing with Devin Archer, Burisma director, longtime Hunter associate. He was not the only person who incorrectly identified Devin Archer as its CEO. And on June 22nd of 2020, let's see what we got here. And then June 22nd of 2020, Drakash and Kulik held a follow-up press conference in which they provided many further details on the corruption allegations involving Burisma and the Bidens. You can take a look at this. Uh, They were talking about essentially the starting fee for closing a case against the Burisma, uh, you know, Biden family is about $50 million. So in order to get any kind of investigation shut down, um, it would cost roughly, it would cost about $50 million in this apparatus that essentially were friendly uh, based on what Biden did withholding the billion dollars in aid unless they fired the prosecutor. So, um, let me take a break here one second. Jen just joined us finally. Jen, man, I really wish you'd have been here. I've been crushing it. I, don't, I, I know I had the wrong time when I sent it to you initially, but um we're having quite the space here.
7: Yeah, I was on a call with Walter doing an interview, and Dustin comes walking, he's like, do you know Trash's space is happening? And I was like, uh, yeah, 10 10.30 p.m. And he's like, no, it's happening right now. Jen? And I was like, oh. So here I am. You're welcome. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's why I texted you both, because I was like, oh, no. When I set it up for 8.30, I was thinking 8.30 Eastern. And it automatically, obviously, it went to my time, so it's 6.30 my time. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. So I just went ahead and got into it. Um, so let me reset the space. We've got uh, about 180 people in here, and I think we'll grow a little bit more. This is recorded, so you guys can go back and listen. Uh, but let me reset the space. So this is essentially was Dan Bongino on his show today, caught what Stephen McIntyre had caught about this Smirnov. And the Smirnov was the confidential human source, one of them, uh, for the FBI for 10 years, 10 years, trusted human source for 10 years. And all of a sudden they're charging him, but they didn't charge him just once and saying he's a he, he made it all up, he was lying, he's lying to the FBI. But not only that, he uh, he went to his attorney to evaluate what he can do moving forward and they arrested him again and charged him again. But within the charging documents, on these charges, we're showing basically screenshots of text messages of how basically Smirnov was coordinating with his FBI handler, and they keep talking about this date, this May 19th, 2020. And why is that so important? Well, because on May 19th of 2020, Dirk Kach went out and had a, he was a Ukrainian MP. He went out and had a press conference, and he he released the Biden recordings of Biden Poroshenko talking. Not only about withholding the billion dollars, but firing the prosecutor that's looking into Burisma, that his son was on the board of of directors of, and that also the FBI was coordinating out of the San Francisco field office with the social media companies to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post story, at which point they released all these recordings of both Biden and, and, and Poroshenko talking and basically planning this entire thing, this influence operation, this pay for play, this quid pro quo to shut down the prosecutors, to get rid of them. And he came out with these recordings on May 19th of 2020. And it's just interesting because essentially what, what it seems to be what they're doing, this David Weiss, which by the way, the same David Weiss uh, that is going, that, that was giving a sweetheart deal to Hunter Biden to let him get off and then give him permanent immunity. Should any investigation pop up in the future further and the judge shut it down. And now he's actually facing real charges, facing additional charges in California. But, at this point, it seems to be crystal clear that the reason they're going after the Smirnov guy was not that he's a liar, not that he's a Russian uh, intelligence misinformation agent. It's because he was talking directly about what was actually being talked about in those phone calls between Poroshenko and Biden. And Smirnov had the recordings. And that's why they're going after him, because they don't know what else he has. And Biden has absolutely weaponized the DOJ and they're trying to shut this down. Uh, I'm praying for this guy. They just moved him to California. I have no idea what's going to happen to him. I'm just going to say this right now. Smirnov did not kill himself. Um, so this is going to be interesting because this is kind of where we're at, Jen. It's it's a wild story. That's why I'm glad I sent you the clip and the and and the threads from Stephen earlier today. And we have some updates and additional documents to go through. I just want to kind of cover what Stephen covered here. Uh, before I do that, since I've reset, let me get to the hands. AJM go ahead, and I'm going to get to Jack, and then I'm going to move forward.
8: Yeah, hi, Frank hi and uh thanks trash discourse and wow i've just joined a space i just had a quick read through uh, the thread that you shared and i mean most of you guys you probably recognize the british accent um but even for me as someone who's overseas and outside of the united states this is very very concerning because as we all know the uk and the us are very closely linked so to see this you know, corroboration between Ukraine and the U S really worrying, especially with, you know, how much the UK have been supporting Ukraine. I can, I imagine that there's similar corruption, which has went on. Um, and you know, the fact that Joe Biden was receiving, if I heard correctly, $83,000 a month, $83,000 a month, guys, that is a lot of money. That is unbelievable. And I just wanted to ask a quick question. I I know a corrupt laptop is, uh, you know, in the title of this, uh, Spaces. So in terms of, because I've, you know, to give you guys a bit of background, I heard about the whole Hunter Biden saga, obviously on the news, but I never saw the contents of the laptop until corruptlaptop.com was published. And obviously then I got involved in the cryptocurrency project to try and spread awareness and let more people see what was actually going on because I was really shocked, not only at the degeneracy, but more importantly at the level of corruption. So I just wanted to ask: um, Will these, uh, you know, recent sort of documents and you know the things that have been exposed, will they be getting added to the corruptlaptop.com website trash? Is that something which is in the works?
0: Yeah. So. Uh, I know for sure that that the team behind the Corrupt Laptop are adding more content to it. And Mm -hmm. I know also that there's some conversations happening when trying to get a hold of the folks over at Marco Polo and Garrett to try to see if we can also bring over the email database uh, that they've been reporting on. Uh, If you guys go to Marco Polo's X account, they put out a like six-inch-thick report of all of the emails the photos breaking down all of what's in that laptop. But yeah, hopefully trying to bring more of it to that corrupt laptop uh, site. Because again, like for a while there, and just to answer your question, why the corrupt laptop is so important to me is because for so long, this been it's been banned. It's been censored. You couldn't share it. You couldn't share the New York Post story. You couldn't DM it. It would get vanished. You would get banned, suspended for even talking about it. And then also a lot of us that had access to the laptop, I didn't know fully what was going to be on it. And yes, I would consider myself a journalist, but I don't work for a major legacy media outlet like the New York Post or something. And depending upon what was on that laptop, which I have grave concerns about some of the things I've seen on it, uh, I didn't want to have it in my possession and then get charged for having like some kind of like CP or something on it. It's that bad. And so I, I know the team and everybody are trying to keep uploading more stuff so people can take a look at it. But man, it's fun, but it's also this stuff that we're talking about, absolutely, yeah, and the stuff that we're talking about here, AJ, is this is the this is this is basically the, the story that this is the behind the scenes story. This is the exact story that they did not want to get out. These are these are this is direct evidence that the president of the United States, the VP at the time, then former vice president at the time. Was doing business, essentially helping with his name and influence operations in Ukraine to enrich their family, whom is now president of the United States. So yeah, I know we're going to keep. I know they're going to keep adding more stuff to it. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, you're more than welcome to go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the Crackbook Pro is what it's called, and it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but uh, check it out on computer if mm-hmm. you can, because it's more optimized for a computer. But it's a lot of fun. But yeah, AJ.
8: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you for that. And yeah I do think it's you know important if we can add more content there because really you know, of course, the fact that Hunter Biden was spending eight hundred thousand dollars on prostitutes and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars on drugs, of course that is extremely worrying. but when you see the level of corruption involved, it really does justify the URL name corruptlaptop.com so I think the more content that's added there is you know going to be beneficial for the awareness essentially but yeah what what you just mentioned trash about you know the biden family directly enriching themselves well that is that's really shocking obviously we knew it was going on but the fact that evidence is still coming out years later i mean guys just imagine what really went on i mean we're only just scratching the surface on this one i believe I think in years to come, there's going to be more that comes out. And I do think the corruptlaptop.com website, I think it is helping to spread awareness. So the more we can circulate that website, I think that's going to be beneficial because at the end of the day, we need to expedite the process of getting Biden out of office. And I'm not even an American. So, you know, and I'm feeling this strongly about it because I see the global impact it has. And on a space the other day, um, you know, Trash, you told your story about the difference in treatment you got when traveling in the Middle East. When Donald Trump was in office, you were received very positively. When Joe Biden's in office, it's not the same story. And that's something that affects myself as well. Even though I'm British, people look and they put us together and they don't give you the same level of respect when they associate you with a country that's being run by someone who has been proven to be very corrupt.
0: Yeah, It is. And, you know, at the end of the day, it does matter. You're right. It may not matter directly for local politics for you being in the UK or uh, UAE or France or whatever. But here's why it does matter. Because at least under Donald Trump, we had the Abraham Accords. We finally had some, some semblance of possibility of having peace in the Middle East. We had the Abraham Accords, no new wars, pulling out of Afghanistan, had agreements in place, infrastructures in place, moving out of these forever wars no new wars we're not blowing up kids in the desert we're not blowing up kids in some island somewhere we are bringing it back home we're trying to to create stability in the world and the moment that uh they corruptly steal the election in 2020 and put biden back in office which you guys know i've litigated this we have i mean it's empirical at this point uh it all kicked up there's three different wars going on china may end up invading taiwan which can be a force and all this stuff was not happening under trump and so you know, this is part of my mission. But the other part of my mission is to get the truth. And th- th- that sounds cliche. I know it sounds cliche, but it's not. The reason I started doing this was not because I, I was like, you know, I think I'm bored with my 20-year career. I think I want to be a journalist now. No, the, what I've been doing the last few years, several years, is I just want to know what the actual truth is. And as I started digging, I started finding receipts and started finding truth. And I'm like, hey, uh, I found this. You, you guys want to see this? And then... It was censored. I was suspended. I was banned across all kinds of platforms. I'm still permanently suspended from meta and Instagram. Do you guys know why? It wasn't because I was swearing. It wasn't because I was being controversial. It was because I said, hey, uh, that Hunter Biden laptop's real. Hey, um, by the way, here's a recording of the former vice president doing a quid pro quo. Hey, seems like there's a lot of people involved in January 6th that are creating riots that are not on our side. This seems problematic. Ban, 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 and I've been covered. How that happened? So I wanted to know why it happened. I wanted to know how that happened. And it turns out, I was labeled Russian disinformation, and I was banned from Twitter, from Facebook, and Meta through these censorship machines. My name is in that list um, because I was sharing this information. So that's all I wanted to care about was the truth. And and Jen, I've been talking a lot, so I want to give I take a take a second here before I get a Jack. Welcome, Jen.
7: Hey, Trash. How's it going? Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, I'm actually doing a little bit of running around right before we go back. So you can let Jack go and then I'll jump back in here in a little while.
0: Sure. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. And again, real quick, guys, before I let Jack go, all the content that I'm reviewing is down in the chat. Uh, And up in the nest, you can can go to the original thread that I put together with Dan Bongino's clip. You can find Stephen McIntyre's thread that I'm reviewing right now underneath it. And then underneath that, we're going to get into the Kyle Cheney thread where he's breaking down even even deeper about what just happened recently with this Smirnov guy who they're labeling as, and smearing as Russian disinformation, even though he's got the receipts. And that's what they're pissed about. Go ahead, Jack.
1: Yeah, um, you mentioned David Weiss earlier, and I just wanted to note that in a, the indictment from David Weiss on Hunter Biden, that he does read, list Hunter Biden as a quote lobbyist. Now, which is interesting, because Hunter Biden has never been labeled, has never been registered as a lobbyist, nor registered as a foreign agent. Which, if you have, have read the uh, the Foreign Agent Registration Act, if you don't, if you don't register as a foreign agent and you cl- and you act as one, that is a crime. So, the question is, who is he a lobbyist for?
0: And uh, I couldn't hear any of the previous speakers, so I'm going to leave and come back. So, let me let me be even more clear on this point. Why it's important. I'm not so worried about Hunter Biden being registered under FARA, which is F-A-R-A, FARA, Foreign Agent Registration Act, because Hunter Biden's a private citizen. What I am concerned about is, is that Joe Biden should be listed under FARA because he profited through in, in influence operations that his son and that he participated in in the quid pro quo that I just played that clip of, of him bragging about at the Council of Foreign Relations. And... Why is it so important that that Joe Biden be labeled under Fara? Well, because he was receiving money to put a positive spin in a PR type of standard to make the prosecutor. I'm sorry, the, the president of Burisma and of the Ukrainian government to use his good name to make him look good on the world stage because Viktor Shokin, who was the prosecutor who they got fired, um, was investigating. That is an absolute pay-for-play influence operation of a former vice president who was vice president at the time early when this was kicking up, who then withheld a billion dollars unless they fired these people looking into Burisma, which his son was on the board of. And he enriched himself and his family by having that. And we have him as a president. And I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to convince me that everything that the world wants you to believe about what's going on in Ukraine, they want you to get behind that members of our own government including the the president of the United States is concerned about what zelensky has on him that's not already going in public of what we're talking about now and when you have a president of the United States the chief executive who's issuing executive orders as if they're their pizzas going out just everywhere um, completely subverting the constitutional process of the country that that president is compromised so I don't really care what your politics are. You can make fun of me. I mean, you can say whatever you want about me, but you're going to have to refute that stuff. And I'm presenting overwhelming evidence that I don't think you can refute because we're listening to him in his own words. I'm not making it up. I'm not taking a document and twisting it. I'm playing you audio of the president. Now president United States in his own words and using the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop, email chains, everything that they did in their own words. So I don't know, Jack, you want to add something to it before I. No, I think you're good. That means can you can you filibuster for a minute, please?
1: Oh, sure. Um, I don't know. Have you been, Jen? I was not able to hear you when I trash asked the question. Jen, are you All
0: there? Right. No, no, he, she just said that she's not. So, yeah, she's got, uh, she's had to step away. She's running around. So, all right, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the thread.
1: All right. I guess go. I can hear
0: her. No, I got it. It's fine. All right. So, back on the thread. You um, take a look. I kind of went through like the press conference, how Durkach came out in May of 2020. And on August of August 12th of 2020, Trump had retweeted uh, a tweet which quoted an excerpt from the Biden Poroshenko tape that was published by Andre Durkach in which Poroshenko had denied that Victor Shokin was corrupt, but acquiesced to Biden's demand that Shokin be fired. Basically, what they're saying is Shokin was making a legit investigation, but Biden demanded and withheld a billion dollars of funding unless they fired the prosecutor who did nothing wrong. And in that tape, he even says, I have no evidence that uh, he did anything wrong, but I did what you asked. And so then Joe Biden says, "Okay, I'll make a public statement. That you're receiving the billion-dollar loan guarantee and everything will be well, and so the bottom line is Smirnoff's text on May 19th of 2020 were about the Derkatch-Kulik press conference of May 19th of 2020, which contained lurid and detailed corruption allegations. People forget that it was Derkatch who, in October of 2019, had been the first person to report with receipts that Hunter Biden was getting $83,000 a month, or $1 million per year. Kulik. Uh, was a Ukrainian prosecutor, had been lauded by the Tatyana uh, chornoval Chern- for his role in recovering a $1.5 billion in embezzled funds. So essentially, he was able to recover uh, $1.5 billion that were embezzled by corruption within the Ukrainian government. And this guy was also fired for doing it. And the Smirnov indictment continues with a May 2021-2020 text message uh, about Ukraine opening an investigation into corruption revealed by Dirkatch and Kulik. This was correct information. Zelensky announced the investigation, but then under pressure, shut it down. Then we saw the photo. We're seeing that basically here, the starting fee for getting cases closed against Burisma with the Biden family is going to cost about $50 million. So essentially, this article that came out that was released, they're saying that Biden family, in order to use their influence and use their name to get a case shut down against Burisma, it costs about $50 million. Next, there was a press conference on July 7th of 2020. Uh, which attracted little attention but contained an August 2016 Biden-Poroshenko tape that linked both Poroshenko and Biden to the Black Ledger operation that decapitated Paul Manafort. Oh, man, Jennifer, if you're here, we can probably get into Paul Manafort here in a minute. But this is what they charged Paul Manafort were on this Black Ledger. And essentially, this was another tape that Poroshenko and Biden were linked to this Black Ledger operation that they tried, that they did successfully prosecute Ma- Paul Manafort over, who was a Trump campaign manager at the time. And so Dirkatz was then deplatformed by US agencies. And as a bit of a housekeeping, a comparison of the FD 1023, which is Chuck Grasley, Senator Grasley's version, to in the indictment shows that an Alexander Ospapenko was an associate. Okay, so you can go through all that, guys. Go through all that. It's really in the weeds at that point. Uh, but essentially, you, got, you guys are getting kind of the overall view here. And if you keep looking through the indictment, aha, here we go. This is going to be a great place to pivot. OK, perfect. So according to the same indictment against that just came out against Smirnoff on March 1st of 2017, Smirnoff reported contact with Burisma, including Pozarski. Now, I'm going to tell you about who. I'm going to tell you all about Pozarski because I got receipts on him from the Hunter Biden laptop, including uh, Pozarski's business card. We know that Pozarski traveled to Washington and Dallas on March 7th through 11th of 2017, including meetings. With Hunter Biden, Kofor Black, Blue Star Strategies, and Aerotech. Then in 2017, Smirnov and Pozarski exchanged emails about how Burisma might do an acquisition of a public company in the U.S., presumably as a reverse takeover. Okay, so before I go any further, let's talk about Pozarski. So, in order for us to talk about Pozarski, if you guys are following along, go down to my... Biden Inc. Documents thread should be here somewhere. Where is it? Where did I put that? I mean, oh, you know what? I may have actually responded to I may have actually responded to the Dan Bongino tweet that I put out. So I'm going to go over who Pozarski is. Here it is. OK, so if you go to like the main purple pill, you're going to see, first of all, the attached thread that I did with uh, Dan Bongino there. The second one's also going to be Dan Bongino, but it's going to be the Biden Inc. in the documents. Okay. Now, let's talk about Blue Star and Pozarski so you guys have some context about what I'm about to go over in this thread that I've been reviewing. So, uh, Cancon, uh, Eric Kahn, he, um, he writes for Gateway Pundit. Um, he also has his own channel. And he pulled out from from the Hunter Biden laptop, through Marco Polo, some email chains. These email chains are pretty damning. I mean, this is, we could ignore everything else I just went over. And this is absolute proof of pay-for-play influence operations directly through Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, because they had to use his name for the influence. This is wild. Matter of fact, I'll just throw the original thread up in the nest for you. If you guys would like to follow along with this, because this is where what I just read about the FD 1023 form and about Pozarski, Pozarski, Pozarski is essentially the bagman between, um, Zlochevsky, who is the president and CEO of Burisma, the energy company in Ukraine and blue star strategies, ultimately Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Rosemont Seneca. Okay. And so this is where it gets really quite spicy. And we pulled up my actual computer here We make my life a lot easier. So, it's up in the nest if you guys want to follow along on this thread, but it's very important so I can point out what they're talking about here in this indictment about Pozarski, okay? All right. So, Blue Star Strategies. And if you guys remember, I had a space a couple of days ago with Andre Telizhenko, Andre Telizhenko at this time, during this time, He worked for blue star strategies. Okay. He was also working out of the embassy, uh, in Ukraine. He was also part of, he admitted publicly that he was part of the color revolution that our state department and embassies, uh, did in in Ukraine in 2014, but he was working for blue star at the time. And actually, matter of fact, I even have their leaked text messages of where it proves that Andrea was working for them. And he was talking with Sally Painter. So Blue Star Strategies is like a PR PR firm on steroids that came out of Hillary uh, Hillary Clinton's camp. Sally Painter started Blue Star Strategies along with uh, Jessica Lindgren, uh, Catherine Tramontano. These people are supposed to be uh, these people are supposed to be um, being interviewed by Congress here very soon. But this this these these emails that I'm about to review with you guys came directly out of the Hunter Biden laptop. Okay. So the FBI, the FD 1023 form, this is a confidential human source form to the FBI. It's called an FD 1023. And it's all great and all. This is what we were going through. But there are there's actual emails on Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter's emails outline a coordinated pay for play between the Hunter Biden, I mean, sorry, between the Joe Biden vice president office, Hunter Biden, Burisma's Vadim Pozarski, who is, keep in mind, he is the bag man or the, the, the delegate between the CEO of Burisma, Blue Star Strategies, and Hunter Biden, uh, Devin Archer's firm, Rosemont Seneca. Hunter's email outlined a coordinated pay-for-play pay between uh, the Biden vice president office, Hunter Biden, Burisma's Vadim Pozarski, and former Clinton advisor, Sally Painter's Blue Star Strategies. Here's your first email. These screenshots included. This is from Jessica Lindgren, who works for Blue Star Strategies. She says, Dear De- dear Devin, who is Devin Archer, uh, please see the attached, our revised proposal, contract and initial invoice for Burisma Holdings. Please let us know if you have any questions. Again, Blue Star Strategies is a PR firm on steroids coming out of the Hillary camp that were operating in Ukraine, running PR and influence operations to try to bolster up the image that was ruined by the prosecutor looking into Burisma. Right. Which they got fired, which is I just went over all of that. So Vadim Pozarski, who is the Burisma executive, wants to make sure that he will get concrete, tangible results and notes that the contract doesn't contain any names of top U.S. officials. He asked if this was done deliberately, which is confirmed that it was in a follow-up email. So screenshot from Hunter Biden's laptop in this email. This is from Bagman Pozarski at Burisma to Devin Archer, Hunter Biden, Eric Schwerwin, which Eric Schwerin, I believe, is one of their partners, but I think he's going to be testifying in front of Congress as well before before Joe before Hunter Biden on the 28th. It says, dear colleagues, this is from the bagman for Burisma. Dear colleagues, I hope you're well. Thank you for the docs provided. I have analyzed them most carefully and came up with the following observations. Number one, the first thing is that the suggested scope of work largely lacking concrete, tangible results that we set out to achieve in the first place. Mostly focusing on the process. Also, it doesn't offer any names of top U.S. officials here in Ukraine, for instance, an ambassador or Ukrainian officials like the president of Ukraine, chief of staff or prosecutor general, as key targets for improving Nikolai's case and his situation in Ukraine. Nikolai is Nikolai Zlochevsky, who is the president of Burisma. And they're saying, I'm not seeing any names of Ukrainian officials and U.S. officials that are going to come out and say Burisma on the up and up. We fired a prosecutor that was doing a bogus investigation, making them look bad. Why, why aren't these people being named if you're going to charge us this amount of money? We want concrete, tangible results that we can actually try to rebuild Burisma's image and basically bury the actual real investigation of which Shokin did nothing wrong, as you heard listening to that phone call that I played, those clips. And he's saying, I want t- tangible results. So uh, Pozarsky then explains that what he considers as deliverables, a top U.S. officials expressing their positive opinion and support for Burisma. And it's right here. So I just read the part where it said, I don't see any names on both Ukraine or U.S. side that are actually going to bolster this claim that Burisma is on the up and up, that everything's okay. We need big names, ambassadors, you know, whomever to come out and say Burisma is great. He says, if, however, this is done deliberately to be on the safe and cautious side, I can understand the rationale. And if all parties, in fact, understand the true purpose of the Burisma engagement and I'm sorry, Blue Star engagement and all of our joint efforts. It's okay, And we should proceed immediately. My only concern is for us to be on the same page, re our final goals. And with this in mind, I would like us to formulate a list of deliverables, including but not limited to a concrete course of action, including meetings and communications resulting in high ranking U.S. officials in Ukraine, like a U.S. ambassador, and in U.S. publicly or in private communications comment expressing their positive opinion and support of Nikolai and Barisma, which is Nikolai Zlo- Zlochevsky, the CEO of Barisma, to the highest level of decision makers here in Ukraine, i.e. President of Ukraine, President Chief of Staff, Prosecutor General, etc., the scope of work should also include organization of a visit of a number of widely recognized and influential current and former U.S. policymakers to bring positive signal and message and support on Nikolai's issues to the Ukrainian top officials above with the ultimate purpose to close down for any cases, any pursuits against Nikolai in Ukraine. Keep in mind, Nikolai Zolchevsky had to run uh, out of the country because of this investigation, and he had sanctions in the U.K., and they actually locked down a lot of his money. Rightfully so. He's completely corrupt, right? But like that was the whole point. So that's what the goal is that they want here. He's saying, if I'm going to pay you a bunch of money through Blue Star Strategies, Hillary's people, and we're going to make it to Hunter Biden, ultimately Joe Biden, we need some big names. Okay. Well, in the next email that came out of the Hunter Biden laptop, (laughs) Hunter's partner, Eric Schwerin, assured Pozarski that Sally Painter of Blue Star Strategies understands the scope and the deliverables. And so this is actually uh, Eric Schwerwin out of Rosemont Seneca, who is Devin Archer and Hunter Biden's partner at Rosemont Seneca, says, I would tell Vadim, who is Vadim Pozarski, that this is definitely done deliberately, meaning we're like not providing the names by not naming names deliberately to be on the safe and cautious side. And that Sally and company understand the scope and deliverables, meaning we're not going to name who we're going to bring to the table. We don't want to keep that on paper. But just understand, everybody knows what you guys want here, right? We know that you want top U.S. officials. We know you want ambassadors. Hell, we might even get you a vice president. Might even get you a vice president or ex-vice president, Joe Biden, right? That's that's what we're setting up here. And so they're saying, rest assured, you can pay us the money. We know. And then so the next email from Pozarski, who is the bag man, says, okay, I'm happy with this. He signs the contract and says he's going to wire the $60,000 retainer today. And they would like to set up a conference call. For POTUS's trip in November to December of 2015. Guys, this, this is so corrupt. You have no idea. Let me get into this. So this is another email at a Hunter Biden laptop. And this is this is from Vadim Pozarski, who's the bag man for Burisma, to Eric Schwerwin, Hunter Biden, and Devin Archer. Dear colleagues, please find attached the agreement from Blue Star Strategies from our side. Could you kindly have Blue Star countersign and forward back to me? I would appreciate it. And also the 60,000, this retainer is being wired today. I'm kindly asking you to schedule either a conference call or advise us as the foreseen action plan for November, December of 2015. And if there's anything that's already been done by Bluestar, could you kindly ask them to share with us this information? Keep in mind, during this time frame, Joe Biden's still vice president. Obama is still president, right? So I want you to think about this for a minute because we're about to get into some serious shit here. So, dear Eric, thank you for your email. And this is coming from Vadim Pozarski himself. We are ready to proceed with contract execution and we'll do that. Kindly request that we have a short call today after you talk to Sally Painter and discuss and agree on our steps moving forward around Christmas time. Thank you. And then go back and forth and say, okay, we've got this time, blah, blah, blah. I'm coming back from Kiev. We can meet. All right. This is where it gets us spicy. So, Blue Star Strategies then offers up a meeting minutes. Listen to this. Listen, listen to this very carefully. Blue Star Strategies offers up meeting minutes from a phone call with the White House regarding Biden's upcoming trip to Ukraine. Pozarski from Burisma is copied in this email. So this is from the Blue Star Strategies team. This this is from Sean Keeley, and it's going to Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, Eric Schwerwin, Vadim Pozarski. Copying Sally Painter, Karen Tramontano, uh, Pero Jalefsky, Jessica Lindgren, all the who's who of Blue Star, all the who's who of this organization. It says, dear all, this morning the White House hosted a conference call regarding the Vice President's trip to Ukraine. Attached is a memo from the Blue Star Strategies team with the minutes of the call, which outlined the trip's agenda and addressed several questions regarding U.S. policy towards Ukraine. We hope this helps. Jeez. So it sounds like Hunter who was on the board of Burisma at the time had a significant part in this negotiation between the Clinton AIDS company, which is Sally Painter and Burisma with top of us officials as the deliverable. What top us official could that be? Well, sure enough, that clip I played earlier from Joe Biden at the council of foreign relations bragging about how they got the, the, the prosecutor fired. That way they give them a billion dollars. This is a 100% concrete evidence that could lead to proof that this was an absolute pay-for-play influence operation, quid pro quo, where they sold Joe Biden's name and Joe Biden used the power of the vice presidency as a point man in Ukraine to withhold aid at the billion dollars unless they fired the prosecutor looking into Burisma. So it looks like everyone got what they paid for. I just, that, that's, this, this, these are all emails that came out of the Hunter Biden laptop. So when I when I tell people about, it's not just the photos that are in the Hunter Biden laptop. This is what I mean. It's not a joke. Jen, are you back with us yet? Coming to you here in a minute. Just want to see if you're back with us yet. But if not, I can just keep going. So what I'm going over right now, what I kind of took a break from for a minute was I'm on this Stephen McIntyre thread that I put out um, on the charging documents of Smirnoff. this same guy who apparently had the access to the audio recordings and many more things of which now the FBI is now charging him again because he met with his attorney trying to figure out what his options are because they already charged him and then labeled him as a Russian disinformation agent. And so, but these charging documents are naming all the names that I'm talking about right now. They're naming all the stuff that he provided the FBI, which is corroborated, just corroborated all of it. And so when we go back to this, And we look at this and it says in September 2017, there was a firmly dated meeting in Kiev uh, involving Smirnov, Associate 2, which is still unknown, and uh, Nikolai Zlochevsky's daughter, at which Burisma declined interest in in Associates 2 crypto product, whatever that is. Uh, That's really interesting. But you can take a look at that. There's some of the from the indictment. uh, You can take a look at that. So you guys remember when I was talking about the FD-1023, right? This is the report. If you're a confidential human source with the FBI, your reports that are given to the FBI based on being a confidential human source, a paid, trusted confidential human source for 10 years, you generate what are called FD-1023s. And in the 2020 FD-1023, it also describes a meeting in Kiev where it was attended by Zlochevsky's daughter, who basically was another Bagman spokesperson and associate too, who is not named. And you can go through all this stuff that's all highlighted there. It kind of gets into the weed a little bit, <clears throat> but it's all in there. Now, what's interesting is they have this, this blockchain crypto friend. And you, you can't help but wonder if the same person was associated in Ukraine with like FTX and all these other things. More to come. I don't know for sure. I just have questions. And they're in the charging documents. And so you can go through all this. It's It's all in here. And it discusses all of these things. And so if you go through it, it's in there. It's stated. You see the videos. I, you have all the audio that I played. And uh, so the Smirnov case has just gotten weirder and weirder and weirder. While well, I'm waiting for Jen to get back, she's on a conference call right now. Kyle Cheney came out with the actual documents or the charging documents for the warrant out of California for Smirnov again. Again, the second time he's been arrested. And the judge is saying that he's a flight risk, that he's going to abscond, which is ridiculous. The guy's been a con- confidential human source, the FBI, for 10 years. Where's he going to go? But they want him locked down, and they moved him to California. And it's really bizarre. And says, just in, Alexander Smirnov, the former FBI informant charged with feeding false information about the Bidens, has been arrested, re-arrested, despite a magistrate's release order. So uh, the magistrate had had a... Basically, hearing after he was arrested, they arraigned him, they released him, and so he's rearrested. They they, they said he's a flight risk. And you can go through this and it's saying his lawyers are saying that his rearrest was improper and that if he's not immediately released, the judge should uh, set a detention hearing, right? The magistrate who ordered Smirnov released is asking prosecutors to respond to Smirnov's lawyers' emergency motion by tomorrow afternoon. And then the ex FBI informant charged with fabricating dirt on the Bidens, which I'm pretty sure I just laid out that it's not fabricated because the stuff that I'm talking about, the audio clips that I played, this didn't come from him. He's talked about it. He's familiar with it. He was directly involved. But the audio clips, the documents, everything that we came out with did not come from him. They came from the Hunter Biden laptop and they came from Dirkatch, who had a a hour and 18 minute long um, press conference where he released... All of these audio tapes between Poroshenko and the Bidens in May 19th of 2020. And so they're saying that he's full of shit, but he's cooperating exactly what was already put out, just completely banned and suppressed, which is what we're talking about. What's interesting is one thing I didn't fully appreciate from the coverage of the detention hearing was the magistrate judge agreed with defense lawyers that Smirnov likely wouldn't flee to Russia because Russians would not be thrilled that he was informing on them. That's correct. So the the argument that they're making is that he's going to flee to Russia. I can assure you, like also the other stuff that he's reporting on in the Fd 1023 is not not looking good for for Russia either. I would, I think I would. I mean, I don't know about the current administration, but I think that I would rather be if I'm informing on somebody. I think I'd rather be in the United States than being in Russia. Just just putting that out there. And so the magistrate judge even agreed. They're like, yeah, no, he's not going to Russia now, dog. He's not a flight risk. And then, as of nine hours ago, Judge Wright in California said he has ordered Smirnov's rearrest and prompt hearing on Monday, two twenty-six, which is coming up in three days. So he's arrested. He's in jail. He's he's been moved to California. They're not letting him out, even though he's probably not a fr- a flight risk. And yet, they're basically making this. They're they're showing this. They're saying, we don't care. We want him in. And the re-arrest by Department of Justice, it's just it's really shady considering all the stuff that number one that he was he was reporting on to the FBI, but number two, that we cooperated through the laptop, through the emails, everything I just read, plus the audio tapes that were released by Dirk Ketch. It was also released by the New York Post, it was also released by OEN and Chanel Ryan. And you're telling me that. He's making all this up that's full of Russian disinformation. I didn't need him to get these receipts. Matter of fact, I barely knew he existed. None of us derived any kind of investigation on this. There's no mention of him in a lot of stuff that we've been talking about. But all of a sudden, they're re-arresting him, accusing him of lying to the FBI and being Russian disinformation. Yet we've, we've corroborated this stuff for years. What I didn't really know about the guy. Until now. And so what they're trying to do is again, what Dan said, I'm going to play Dan's clip one more time to kind of end this segment while I'm waiting for Jen to come back. Maybe I'll open this up for some conversations, but I really wanted to present exactly what this Smirnov thing is because it's changed so rapidly and knowing all the details and all the work investigations that I've done over the years, it's just really lining up. So I'll land this segment, this presentation, on basically playing Dan Bongino's clip that he came out with today that he even pointed out that Stephen McIntyre was the eagle eye that caught this stuff in the charging documents indictment against the Smirnoff guy. And we all missed it. But climate at climate audit, Stephen McIntyre did not. And this guy's been living and breathing this stuff even more so than I have. These guys, Fool Nelson, McIntyre, um, Hans Monkey, many of these guys have been covering this shit at great length. But this is about a six-minute clip that will give me enough time for Jen to come back rest my voice. I'm going to play this full clip through because I've given you the context. I've shown you the data. I've shown you the receipts. I've given you their own words. I've played their own audio clips. All of it is there. And this Smirnoff thing is just another attempt at suppressing the information that's coming out about the Biden administration. Now, why is that? Why is that? Well, I don't think it's to protect Joe Biden. I mean, sure, he's got a hand. He runs the DOJ, right? He's a chief executive. But I think they don't want this to get out because it's Obama and Hillary's camps involved in this, too. And they want all of this to bury on Joe Biden with his poor approval. They do not want to open the can of worms with Hillary and Obama. And I've just shown you how both of them are directly involved in all of this. So I'm going to play this clip to end this segment, and then uh, we can open up for some discussion. He did. Okay, Biden was
2: running Ukraine so much so that his son had a job for what is it, eighty-three thousand dollars a month at a natural gas company in Ukraine, despite his son having zero experience in natural gas whatsoever. From what we know, Hunter never even went to Ukraine. Okay, so this is a real problem. You got that background now. Now a source came forward to the FBI, who had been working with the FBI for ten years. This is apparently a trusted source. Ladies and gentlemen, their words, not mine. Here's where McIntyre exposes something crazy that we did not pick up on, big hat tip to him. Here's his first tweet. They note that Smirnoff, who's this FBI source, who was allegedly ratting out the Bidens, right? They note multiple pages of his indictment contain a series of texts from May 19, 2020, in very large font, which Weiss, the special prosecutor, characterized as expressing a bias against Biden. This is really important. Weiss failed to disclose what was happening on May 19, 2020. It was pivotal to subsequent censorship, including the laptop. The text you're about to read, throw them up on the screen one by one, from this source about the Biden family, Uh, according to the indictment, occurred on May 19. They note that there were some calls here that smell bad for Joe Biden see the uh, screenshot one over here keep in mind this is from this source you're saying i got info telling the fbi i got info on biden he's like this is news all over russia and ukraine we've got calls you're like calls between hunter uh, excuse me joe biden and others that's kind of weird haven't we heard that on your show before stay tuned text number two this is in the indictment you can read this stuff yourself democrats tried to impeach For the same, I'm probably talking about Trump, even less all those politicians, you know, same shit, jail for all of them. Plus the bribe, probably to Biden, he knows here because a lot of this is redacted, should be in the news. He goes on. This is important stuff. Only if you believe it's a request to get rid of the prosecutor general was only because of Burisma, which by all accounts, it was not for sure. Yes, I'll try to prove it to you, bro. That's the FBI guy talking to him. So the source says, yes, I'll try to prove it to you that they fired this prosecutor looking into this bribe payments to public official. Or are you talking about the aid withheld unless they fired the prosecutor? That's the FBI handler. It ends up like this. I'll get those recordings of the public official's son telling Barisma that his dad will take care of the prosecutor general with a bribe to him and his son. The handler notes that would be a game changer. He notes I'll meet with the guys as soon as I'll be able to fly. This is May 19, 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, what happened on May 19th of 2020? Well, let's go to tweet number two from McIntyre. Folks, that was the day Andre Durkash and Konstantin Kulik, the Ukrainian prosecutor who uncovered a lot of this stuff, by the way, had a press conference where they released the tapes. What are the tapes? Well, if you're a listener to the show, you've already heard these tapes. These are the tapes where Joe Biden recorded with the Ukrainian president basically saying, get rid of this prosecutor general right now, or we're not giving you this big international loan. The prosecutor general was looking into what Biden was up to as the king of you. He was the king of Ukraine. I need you to understand this. He was running Ukraine. He was having them shut down banks, fire prosecutors general. He, they were interfering in everything in Ukraine. Him, Victoria Newland the United States embassy over there, and they were making a fortune doing it. Soros folks were involved in this. There was a ton of people. Ukraine was an ATM for them. I wanna play tape one. We played it on the show before, but I want you to listen. This is, uh, I'll, I'll play the Trump one next. It explains also why they need to get rid of Trump right now and why they impeached him when, why did they impeach, hold on, calm down. I am too excited about this. Why did they impeach Donald Trump? They could have impeached him over Spygate. They didn't do it. Over the collusion hoax, they didn't do it. Why did they impeach Trump? Come on, folks, you know. They only impeached Trump when he started sniffing around in Ukraine. Folks, the entire Russia collusion hoax is not about Russia. It's a distraction from Trump and everyone else looking into Ukraine. And even the Ukrainians know it. Listen to tape one. This is the same day the same day. They're afraid this guy's gonna talk about these tapes. That's what I'm getting at. That's why they're locking him up. I have no doubt. That's why this guy's in jail. They're afraid he's gonna go public with these tapes. Listen to this. Tell me that there
3: is a new government, a, uh, a new prosecutor general. I am prepared to do a public signing of the commitment to the billion dollars. Despite the fact that we didn't have any corruption
5: charges, we don't have any information about he the doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was taken for you I especially asked
3: him to resign. Congratulations on installing the new prosecutor general. It's going to be critical uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage Shokin did. And I'm a man of my word. I uh, and that now that the new prosecutor General's in place, we're ready to move forward and signing that new one billion dollar loan guarantee. And folks, it's really a damn shame McIntyre doesn't have 42
2: trillion followers. Amen. Everyone in the world needs to know what he put together. He's 100 percent correct. It was right in front of our faces the whole time. He cites full Nelson, too, and some others who have been following this the entire time. Go to his Twitter and read this. The same freaking day, he's texting his handler. Hey, man, I got these tapes. These tapes are out there of Biden basically engaging in a major international influence peddling scheme to get rid of a prosecutor looking into his corruption. The same, the, the, he knows about it. This guy was texting his FBI handler. It's in the indictment. They're trying to shut this guy up. Don't believe a word they say about this guy. He's Russian tell Bullshit. Anytime they say Russian intelligence, it, it, they're trying to cover something. This is, this is, a, I mean, do you understand the enormity of this? That is a major Major, major thing he found in that indictment last night.
0: Huge. Absolutely huge that he found that. And, and again, I want to shout out, if they're listening or pass it on, I want to shout out at fool underscore Nelson. I want to shout out Stephen McIntyre at Climate Audit. I want to shout out Hans Monkey. I want to shout these people out. Like, I've relied on them. Matter of fact, Jen, you probably remember <clears throat> last year, We uh, we had a space when Charles McGonagall was arrested and Charles McGonagall was the disgraced uh, at the sack at the FBI counterterrorism field office in New York. And he was taking bribes uh, from the Albanian prime minister in cash. And we had a space about it and we were covering the, the indictments and full Nelson, Stephen McIntyre, Garrett Marco Polo, Kyle Serafin, everybody came in and we broke all this down. And those guys, I have relied on them through Andrew Weissman bearing investigations inside the FBI. I've relied on them with what some of the fallout through Russiagate, Spygate. This is way before Matt Tybee, Michael Schellenberg, and Alex uh, Gutentag covered Spygate, Russiagate. Tracy Beans. These people have operated basically investigating 24-7, putting out some of the most Incredible work on digesting indictments, on digesting what's going on with all these different stories. And yesterday, the day before, I'm sorry, yeah, yesterday, when this new indictment came down on this Smirnov fella, my dude, Stephen McIntyre, went in and found, he's like, these are text messages. On the same day, with his FBI handlers, as their cats came out with these audio tapes, and there are he's also saying he has additional tapes of conversations being had. They are 100 percent going after this guy to shut him up, put him in prison. I'm going to say it again. I said it once. I'll say it again. Uh, <clears throat> Andrei Smirnov did not kill himself, right, because they want him in jail. The judge is refusing to let him out, saying he's a flight risk, even though the magistrate who saw his first arrest said there's no way in hell he's going to Russia because it's just as bad for him in Russia for the shit that he's been talking about with the FBI. More likely to be killed there than here. Um, so if you guys are wondering about this Smirnov story, this is everything I have. And it's everything that I've been going over. This is everything, how it connects. I brought you additional context and proof from the Hunter Biden laptop through the emails of the pay for play influence operations that they were doing. They're referencing the billion dollars. You heard Poroshenko talking with Biden while he was still vice president, I might add saying, okay, you did it. You great. You fired the prosecutor looking into Burisma. My son Hunter sitting on the board, blah, 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 blah. That's all of it guys. I don't know, Jen, what do you think? But I'm pretty sure I'd laid out this entire case. This is who Smirnoff was. This is how it's connected. These are who the names are. This is the content. These are the recordings. This is everything. This is, this is stuff that we've been covering for a long time, but these arrests are not in a vacuum. And I believe conclusively based on the information connected contained in the indictment based on what Dan had pointed out here and what Stephen McIntyre just expertly, like just an absolute Chad had found in that indictment ties all of this together. And, uh, man, man. Anyway, I hope that was, uh, I hope that for everyone listening, I hope that explains what the Smirnoff situation actually is. And if you're just joining the space is recorded, you'll be able to find it in my highlights. We're not done. We're just getting started. We're going to open it up for conversation and have some fun. But I had to do this. Jen knows when I have a wild hair, I'm like, I'm onto something. It all connects. I got to tell people how it connects. I've been doing that for like the last two years. Jen knows. I get kind of crazy about it. But that's it. That's what the smear enough thing is all about. Welcome back, Jen.
7: Thanks. It was perfect. Had to run around to the store, let trash do his thing, you know, just explain the entire whole Russia gate collusion thing we got going on here real quick, real fast. Let's have some fun Friday night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you guys want to come up, ask questions, you want to join and then you want to add, please come up. We're just gonna have some fun now, but I had to do that part. I had to. It's too big.
7: Well, no, and it makes total sense why they're, like, so discriminate, like, going after this guy, right? So if, the- if he's really the cups of, like, all of this, well, of course they're going to try to undermine his testimony because, like, his testimony is the testimony.
0: Right. And, like, again, remember, I played the clip from um, Joe Biden at the Council of Foreign Relations bragging about, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting a billion dollars. Well, you don't have the... You don't have the authority to do that. Oh, yeah? Call him. Talk about Obama. Obama was involved. Why? Because Obama made Joe Biden king of Ukraine. Right? He was a point man in Ukraine. He had complete authority in Ukraine. And what did he do with it? Oh, well, he, he, got, he got Hunter on a on a, on a a board of Burisma an Energy Company. Oh, 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 I haven't even gone into the documents yet. You know, that's, just, that's such a big piece of this. All right, JP, what's up?
10: Yes. Awesome material and content, as usual, Trash. Thank you. So Ukraine, it's the focus of the Biden rule where he was basically made like Duke of Ukraine. He's running it with the CIA. He is having prosecutors fired. So isn't it funny that then the first really the first real international actions that Biden takes in office is all the stuff involving NATO that provoked the the conflict in the war with Russia and Ukraine. So is it possible that the Ukraine conflict is the most expensive cover up in history? Is it possible that Zelensky knows everything and is uh, doing a quid pro quo? Like, how? Why is it? Why did Biden rush to to get involved in this conflict right as soon as soon as he took office to me? It just seems too coincidental.
0: Well, and it's not, right? I mean, you're you're spot on. I mean, I think you're asking the right questions because remember, um, so February 22nd, 2022, uh, there was movements on the border where Russia was moving in, right? Because you have a weak, compromised president. Putin knew it. And he wanted his natural land bridge. He wanted the eastern part of Ukraine. Now, sure, he told Tucker Carlson all, all kinds of historical lessons, all these things, but he left out the convenient fact that part 1 was crimea obama, obama let him do it if you don't remember obama was on found on like on a hot mic saying if if he's flexible with me we will be flexible and as long as i get into a second term i'll be able to be a lot more flexible and comfortable and we can we can negotiate from there essentially a lot to take crimea part 1 was that 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 russia needed a warm water port part 2 was that they needed a natural land bridge and the natural land bridge was eastern part of ukraine now, granted, we saw the Tucker interview. That's all well and good. And we saw um, how he said the history lesson and we gave it to Ukraine. We're taking it back. And there's Russian citizens being persecuted in those regions and have been forced to those regions and Nazis. And I mean, all those things are true. But he just left out the one most convenient part was that he wanted a natural land bridge. Right. So that's really what it is. Um, OK, fine. But then and again, that's still not our fight or is it? Is it because we did a color revolution in 2014 through Euromaidan? Therefore, we were responsible for that country. Forget the Minsk agreements that we that people like to bring up. I think that's a diversion. I think ultimately everyone knows we ran a color revolution, not only in 20, 2003 in Ukraine for the orange Re- revolution, but we did it again. We, fought, we messed with their elections in 2010. And then 2014, we had Euromaidan protests, and we created another color revolution. And so we were somewhat responsible, and it became our centerpiece of corruption for the establishment on both the right and the left—not just Joe Biden, not just Obama, not just Hillary. We're talking to everybody. Right? This is a complete, like, defense contractors. Everybody, everybody had their hands in Ukraine. And so, knowing all these things and playing all these recordings while Joe Biden was still vice president—I mean, if he doesn't want these things to get out, I'm sure Zelensky and many other people in that government. Um would also be able to corroborate these recordings and these conversations and these actions, right? And you saw about a year after the invasion um, from Russia, you saw Zelensky firing all kinds of of cabinet ministers, the the, the deputy ministers, everybody. And why were they doing that? Well, it was because most likely they had all this compromise. So basically, Zelensky centered his power and influence over the United States and over the UK because we weren't the only ones with corruption in that country. It's not just Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And so he does he have something over, over Joe Biden? I would say he probably does because he is the president. And he has access to all these documents and they were complete corrupt. And so, no, none of this would have happened with, with Trump in office, but you had to get him out. And so you tried to impeach him over some quid pro quo for simply asking questions about Ukraine. Meanwhile, we just laid out empirical proof that they were involved in this directly. I hope that answers your question. Because again, that, that's ultimately, I think, the answer. It's this is why it's going on. It's the same reason that Boris Johnson killed any kind of peace talks. They they had the deal all but inked. And Boris Johnson swoops in, peace is off the table, war continues on. We need to send money. And Jen, now that Jen's here, I can alter the title a little bit. We can start talking about Navalny. Because boy do Jen and I have a
10: lot to talk about with Navalny. But well like my kids would say to me about something, you know, they say, Daddy, that just seems sus. You know, all these connections with Biden and Ukraine, it's 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 suspicious. Um, the only other alternative that I've thought of as to why the you know, this is D.C. establishment is so gung ho on war in, in Ukraine, other than covering up something. And it could be both. But the other option that I thought of is just that Joe Biden in his grifty mastery, used his time in ukraine to basically set up the groundwork for his own cash machine which you know he had had the the connections and the ability to do what people do when they want to make billions and billions of dollars and that's make war so could it just be that he set up this as like a marketplace for government money for defense contracts for every kind of money just basically endless cash from Washington DC that the politicians are demanding we send or else we're racist and we hate America and we hate democracy. There's there's some level of grift there too. And I can't tell if that was the Biden's initial intention in setting it up or if it's just a natural secondary part of whatever else they're doing.
0: Well let me see how much I can say I know some people that and those are people that are contractors in that region and they've told me where well, they were at one point or they have experience with it and essentially they told me about an invoice scam where essentially they the people within the ukrainian government asked them to inflate their contracts and then so like let's, let's give an example let's say whatever job they're doing it's going to cost five million but they want them to inflate it to 40 million right and then the U.S. government settles those invoices, the five million is paid, but the other 25 or the other 35 million is still out there. And this is where a lot of the money's being laundered. And it's, Everyone's got their hands in it. But I, I think that that's pretty normal. I think what what the problem here is, is this, is that you have a compromised president with obvious corruption that we're doing very, very naughty things to to um, enrich his own family using his last name for influence. And I'm sure that there is some level of, we don't want that to get out. We need to keep this going. And even though it's a lost cause and obviously Russia's not going to move from the regions they're in. And so we have to sell the public on, well, Putin's going to keep going if we don't send more money. I think it's just all a grift, man. It's it's just you no know, really more than that. George Soros has got a hand in it too, because he participates in every effing color revolution that goes on around the, around the world. <clears throat> but and that's where his own, but basically a stab, you know, essentially a installing these friendly governments and people into regimes of power that they're all part of the same grift. Um, and so it's, it's, this is really nuanced, but again, it's all there, but ultimately this is what I'm covering here with the receipts that I have. But uh, so yeah, JP, I mean, that's, I don't think you're far off. I I think it's all of it. It's just all of it. It's just garbage.
10: I just go down every possible route of debauchery and greed and filth. And usually that's where I find the original intent. So, yeah, I just, I I just dig down each rabbit hole just to see where that logic leads me. And, and there, you know, you can't really find much good in this system, but I'll land my plane. Thank you. Thank you, Trash. Yeah, JP, for sure. Hey, Amber, go ahead.
7: Hey, good. So uh, I'll just be quick. Um, From my understanding, I'm still researching it, but it looks like Monsanto and Cargill and some other uh, of these companies that like their GMOs, and uh, they've purchased about 30% of the farmland in Crimea. Um, So that could be another thing to fold into it, which is sad because the breadbasket over there, they have amazing soil. They have amazing farmland that's been there for, for ages and ages, and to... Put our chemicals and the crap that they've ruined our farmland with seems just so outrageous and insane. So I'm still looking into it, but that might be something to factor in as well.
0: No, I mean I think there's an opportunity, right? I mean, I don't let a good crisis or get let an opportunity go to waste. Ultimately, Russia wanted Crimea because they wanted the warm water port, <clears throat> and <coughs> I don't know. I'm not convinced that uh, Putin or Russia would allow a lot of these people to operate within Crimea, but if they're purchasing it, so be it, but I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I just know that the only reason that Russia from, from, from my point of view, the reason that they wanted Crimea was for the warm water port. Cause they didn't have one. And so I don't think it's more complicated than that. Although sure. I'm sure it's ripe with griff because all he wants is the port. I don't think he actually cares about the people of Crimea. So that's highly possible. I'm just—I'm just, I'm not well read on that stuff. I, I can't really comment too much on that. Well, Jen, you there?
7: I'm here. Trash.
0: Do we get into Navalny because it's getting even crazier?
7: Dude, let's do it.
0: Yikes! Yikes! So, Alexei Navalny. Do we think that Alexei Navalny died in prison and that he was killed by Putin on the same day after being in captivity for two years, on the same day that the Munich Security Conference was kicking up? Oh, and by the way, Jen, if you don't remember, do you remember what was going on around February 22nd of 2023 or 2022?
6: I don't. Not off well, the top of that's my head. Good
0: question. I'm glad you asked, because this is when Russia moved into Ukraine. What was also happening at that same time? The Munich Security Conference. Huh. That's really interesting. What's even more interesting is you won't.
2: Weird. Yeah, it's
0: so weird. Toad's totes weird. And you want me to believe that Alexei Navalny, who marched with neo-Nazis and white supremacists doing the SIG Heil in the streets, you want me to believe that he is the darling of the left, the political liberal economic order, and he's marching with white supremacists and neo-Nazis doing SIG Heil in the streets. He gets arrested because his associate is on camera with British intelligence officer Planning a color revolution in Russia and is asking for 10 to 20 million to start and then X amount of dollars per month to continue on a color revolution. I don't know. I mean, Putin doesn't seem like a good guy to me, seems like a bad guy. But if I'm running a country, I'm pretty sure if I catch somebody trying to create a color revolution in the country, probably gonna lock you up too, bro. What's really weird about that whole story is that the same Alexei Navalny, who's a darling of the left and darling of the establishment who marches with neo-Nazis doing Sigheil? his wife Yulia was listed by the State Department in 2021 as a widow. Well, that's weird. Because if Alexei Navalny just died last week on the first day of the Munich Security Conference, where the who's who of prime ministers, presidents, ambassadors, State departments, uh, intel, intelligence community officials, Five Eyes of all the different countries, they're all meeting in one place. And Obama and Hillary and Kamala, they're all there. And on the same day that the uh, the Munich Security Conference kicks off, uh, he's apparently killed by Putin in jail on the heels of the previous week of Mike Johnson and the House of Representatives saying, any Ukraine funding, Israel funding is dead on arrival should it make it over here uh, without any border wall funding. So that's dead. So we're not going to send any more money over there. Huh. And so the same day that Putin, wait, just he waited till right before the Munich Security Conference, same as in, it, it, as invading, the same as the political prisoner was creating, a, trying to create a color revolution on the heels of no funding from the US and waning global support. Well-
7: Trash, if he had the crossfire hurricane documents, he knew that this was the same people that were doing this in the U.S.
0: Well, if he if he does have the crossfire hurricane documents, yeah. But on the heels of all of this, you're telling me that Putin, knowing all this, waited until the day of the Munich Security Conference to kill him and dispatch him. Because Navalny was the only political opponent against Putin and he's killing his political arrivals never mind the color revolution stuff and everything else but he putin is supposed to be some razor sharp super smart 5d chess ex-kgb agent guy dictator and he chose literally the, the absolute worst time where you could get the entire global economy if they if they did it right against you well
7: and trash this is also coming on the heels of the tucker carlson interview where big bad Putin, um, you know, his whole image was blown up in the US media and and the American conservatives, like like they pointed out, right? Like we're all sitting here and being like, well, hold on a second. Like this isn't the guy you you sold us, right? And and part of their power is us being fearful of Russia. Um so they had to go out and make Putin that big bad warmonger again. Um, in the eyes of the American public, because they were losing the narrative going into the Munich Security Conference.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was pointing out. And then like I was just going to land on Yulia has an hour long plus speech prepared to speak to the Munich Security Conference. Not about anything other than the fact that Alexi passed away. She found out that morning and she had an hour long speech prepared. And she's doing all these media hits and tours with Kamala Harris and these world leaders and it's so emotional. And Julia Yaffe, longtime friend of Alexei Navalny, when she lived in Russia until 2012, the same tape RussiaGate SpyGate hoaxer journalist who wrote for multitude of different uh, publications, including GQ and New Yorker and Guardian, New York Times, and she's and basically she's always banging on about all this RussiaGate SpyGate stuff and you know Trump and you know election you know interference, Russian disinformation. This same Julia Yaffe puts out an emotional plea. Yeah, Jen, step in.
7: No, I was going to ask Trash, can we play a little bit of that um, deep state podcast with the deep stater of all deep staters when you look at his Twitter bio? Um, his interview with uh, Julia uh, Yoshi. Because listen, Natasha, she's big mad. She's big mad that we are not falling in line behind her poor husband, Navali involve me whatever the hell
0: yeah yulia yeah and you know what's really funny about i'm gonna bring this up again just in case people haven't heard it so jen and i were on the phone talking when this was all going down the same day we were texting back and forth and we're like bro this is this smells this whole thing stinks and we're like let's go check her uh let's go check her instagram sure enough there it was and so here is 59 seconds of Julia Yaffe on Deep State Radio. Alexei Navalny's influence can't be overstated as Putin's regime grows bolder by the day. M. Polymer turns to Julia Yaffe for her insight into Putin's Russia and how the country has continued to transform for the worse. Keep in mind, this is the same podcast, Deep State Radio, that hosts people like Norm Eisen and many other color revolutionaries from in our country that have been running against for the establishment against any kind of America's interest. This is the same Julia Yaffe, Deep State Radio podcast. And she's saying, I was just saying to this journo class in response to a similar question, emotion is not bad. It's information. And it also must be part of the story. Men dominating the media have taught us to think this way, but it's not true. We are human beings telling human stories and emotions make us human. Like this, she is such, oh God, she's so, ugh. here we go
6: a debate that's long running now, I would say for the last 10 years in U.S. media about what objectivity is and how it has to be kind of bloodless and and um, emotionless and that if there's emotion in it, it is therefore not rational because emotion is not rational. But um, I don't think that's true. And I think the emotional truth of this is part of the importance of it. The, the, the feeling that people have right now um, Russians in particular that they have, is not just uh, an important part of the story, but I would say it's even the point of why Putin killed him. This despair, this hopelessness, this feeling that things will never get better, that you know, the past is the future and the future is the past, and we're never going to get out of this cursed loop. I think that's the point. I, I think Putin wanted to evoke this emotion, to provoke this emotion in them to make them give up.
0: What she like again, I just I have to be clear and I'm sure you have,
7: Is she related you know? to Kamala? So no, uh,
0: no, no, no. Listen to what she's saying. It's very, very poignant. This is actually way smarter than the passage of time. What she's doing is she's setting it up. She's saying, What is objectivity? Like, what does objectivity even mean? If emotions doesn't calculate into the facts, even though emotions are a lived experience, then there's no such thing there's no real such thing as objectivity, meaning object truth, meaning Navalny was doing Sig Heil with a bunch of neo-Nazis. We need to rally behind him. And because and Putin is trying to levy this emotional war on the Russian citizens to give up, give up hope. You can never have a new day. You are going to be under my reign forever and you're going to suffer in this country. But what she's actually setting up is the same language that Norm Eisen and many of these other colored revolutionaries use. Maria Stefan and uh, uh, Michael McFaul. What, what she's saying here is saying that, like, ignore what your eyes see—that is not objective truth because you're not putting any emotional quotient into this con- into this context. She is 100% advocating for a regime change and color revolution in Russia. This is what their plans were. This is their entire plans, and it doesn't—it's not just about funding to Ukraine. Like, like you see what I'm saying, Jen? Like, do you do you hear it? I'll play it again. Maybe here, I'll play it again.
6: a debate that's long running now, I would say for the last 10 years in U S media about what objectivity is and how it has to be kind of bloodless and, and um, emotionless and that if there's emotion in it, it is therefore not rational because emotion is not rational. But um, I don't think that's true. And I think the emotional truth of this is part of the importance of it. The, the, the feeling that people have right now is, um, Russians in particular, that they have is not just uh, an important part of the story, but I would say it's even the point of why Putin killed him. This despair, this hopelessness, this feeling that things will never get better, that, you know, the past is the future, and the future is the past, and we're never going to get out of this cursed loop. I think that's the point. I, I think Putin wanted to evoke this emotion, to provoke this emotion, in them, to make them give up.
0: Again, I, you, I can't unhear it, right? Because remember, like at the center of like what Norm Eisen, and Michael McFaul, and Vicky Newland, all these people were doing in Ukraine, and what these people were doing at Donald Trump and the Russia Gate, Spy Gate, Ukraine Gate stuff that we kind of just went over in regards to the Smirnov thing. And I'm listening to Julia Yaffe, I of Yoshi, this the same person who lived in in, in Russia until 2012. The same person that was subtweeting us because we were saying her name wrong during that space. I can't get over it. I, I, I think it's absolutely hilarious. I know she doesn't like you, Jen. Um, but it was just hilarious that we we're getting subtweeted by her. The same person was just absolutely wrecking. And and like just to remind people for a moment, and I want you to kind of touch on this a little bit, Jen, for people to really understand the context on this. This, this Julia Yaffe, who wrote for many publications on the PP Tape Hoax stuff, right? And I actually have a copy of your notebook that you sent me while we were talking about all this. I just want to review with everybody all the different publications that she was pushing this Russiagate PP tape hoax stuff on. Um, and I'll have you kind of crystallize it for me and for the listeners so they understand what exactly she was writing about if they don't know who Julia Ioff Yaffe is. Um, i got to be honest with you. I've always called her Julia Ioff because I've never heard her name actually spoken vocally before. And so when ABC News did this stupid puff interview with her and they said her name correctly, I'm like, oh, holy shit. I did not know that. So now I can't unsay it because I try to be precise. It's just it's a I guess it's a character defect of mine. Maybe I don't know. But my God, we've been talking a lot about this. Um, but you've got your notebook and you sent me a picture of it. Where is it? Lord have mercy. We've been talking a lot about this. Yeah. So I don't know if people are listening. If you guys don't know, Jen and I have been banging on about this from day one. We've been way ahead of the news. I don't do self-praise. I don't do self-congratulatory stuff. But, man, have we been so far ahead of this. And they've changed their story six times on what actually happened to Navalny. Six times they've changed what happened to him. And we keep blowing it up. And oh, here we go. So you've got a notebook here. You put it together. I want you to explain why you had this. So. Julia Yaffe Iop, she wrote for New York Times, Atlantic, Foreign Press, Buzzfeed, Forbes, GQ, Guardian, New Yorker, New Republic, and Moscow Times, and she lived in uh, Russia until 2012. You can see it from her latest um, her latest post on Instagram. Her emotional plea that her 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 good buddy, Mr. Sig Heil himself, Navalny was killed by Big Bad Putin day before the Munich security conference and everyone needs to rally around Yulia, Yulia Navalny, even though Yulia Navalny was listed as a widow widow by our state department in 2021 and moved on and had a Russian billionaire boyfriend out of the UK. It's like, it's so, it's so transparent and stupid, but like maybe for the people listening, maybe give them some additional context on your history of Miss Julia Yoshi.
7: Yeah, so she was part of the Russia hoax group um, that I was researching um, that was up at my family's estate up in Lu Beach, New York, that the Rockefellers stole from my family. Um, and it was this group of them, and it was Miriam Elder, Julia Ayo, Michael Schwartz of the New York Times, and then Max and Dave. And I noticed that all of them lived in Russia during the same period, which is also on that notebook paper trash. Um, and then I realized they all worked at all of the same outlets. And then they would like circular report all of each other's stuff. Um, and it was being promoted on places like Facebook. Well, of course it was because Anna McCandju, who was legal and head of global election security at Facebook, um, was part of their group. And and there's so much similarity in this group, and then to see that they were responsible for a lot of the Russia hoax stories that came out about president trump um and then i I began to notice that right before any of these big stories would come up, they were up at my family's estate up in I guess it's not my family's estate anymore well my more i don't know former estate my family um and every time they'd be up there for the weekend, then the next week a story would come out up there for the weekend next week a story would come out and then if you once you realize that and you go back and you read the um like the captions on the pictures it was like boss babe weekend making history meeting of the minds we did it hashtag PP tape and it's like wait what like is are these people for real like are are you really this dumb you're actually this dumb so yeah and i mean i put it out in 2020 but of course it didn't go anywhere because censorship
0: Well, and that's the frustrating part, right, Jen? I mean, many of us have been reporting on this stuff for years. And I say reporting, like, guys, I I don't write for major publications. I literally, when I say reporting, I mean, I do stuff, I put out threads, I collaborate for articles, I do these things, or just talk about them, uh, join podcasts, or been hosting spaces for a couple years. That's what I mean by reporting for me, because it's just like, all right, I'm just going to talk about this. I'm just going to put it out. That's what I mean by reporting. I by no means. I mean, I've had a couple offers to work, you know, to write for various sub stacks or various publications. But like, honestly, like I don't want to filter that through an editor. I think I'd rather just have a space and break it all down and give you what my take is. And you tell me what you think it is um, and have guests on that can speak expertly to things. But yeah, I mean, like, dude, we've been banned, censored and suppressed. Like, we're, we're, listen, to be clear, this isn't some kind of like victim thing where it's like, oh, we were talking about this. But we've been banned. No, like le- legit. Like I lost like this is my seventh account. I'm completely banned permanently from Meta and Facebook, uh, Facebook and, and Instagram for just talking about this stuff. So it's like, it's it's not, and then like, I'm not even been debanked and deplatformed yet. Yes, I've been doxxed. Yes, I've been harassed. Yes, I've been threatened, death threats, all these things. And But but again, that, whatever, dude. Like I, I I live in a state where the second what? amendment thrives. So go fuck yourself.
7: You know what it is trash is like, so you'll notice that I've had my account what since, let's see. I've had my account since 2009, right? And what they did is because they couldn't delete my account because it was um, subpoenaed in the We Build the Wall stuff. So all of my social media was subpoenaed. So they were not allowed to delete any of the evidence, right? And they obviously, in their minds, didn't want to delete my account if it was part of the We Build the Wall trial. They thought we were all going down, right? So that what they did is they left my account up. But I would tweet something and it would literally get maybe one like, maybe half the time it didn't get no like, right? So I was putting all this stuff out. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, there's something wrong with me. Like, am I tweeting wrong, right? Not realizing that, like, no, Jen, no matter what you do, no matter even if you had like the gift of like writing perfectly, it wasn't going to go anywhere. Like, that's what I would go back and tell my old self. So I didn't waste so much time.
0: No, you're you're 100% right. So I was responding to a a question. Somebody asked me about Operation Gladio. And I'm like, oh, you want want me to talk about Operation Gladio for a minute? Well, I could. Uh, Just go to BX on X. It's BX underscore on underscore X. She's been doing a lot of reporting on accelerationists and leftover kind of operations that Gladio presented. Um, This is stuff I've talked about a lot. Jen, I feel like every time someone asks us a question about something, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that connects with this, this, and this. It's such a mosaic. Everything is connected. It's the entire establishment, both left and right. That's yeah. what – oh, sorry, to-
6: Trash.
7: No, I was just saying, that's what my mom says. She's like, so you guys just, like, do this from memory because, like, literally people will get up, Trash, and ask us the most random thing about the most random topic and between the two of us, either both of us or like one of us will be like, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. And my mom's like, wait, you're not like looking that up. You're not, you don't have like a book. I note. No, I don't. I usually don't even have a notebook in front of me.
0: Like the only time I have anything in front of me is if I've already written the thread, most likely from memory, from stuff I've already worked on, or like pulling something up to read it verbatim. But like, if you're asking me a question about something, yeah, no, all of this is off the cuff. It's just in there. It's in there because we've lived it. We've breathed it. I've read it. I just, I, we've retained it. And again, it all connects some way. So like to your point, when people ask us a question, well, and you would think it'd be the most random question, like, how does this relate to Operation Gladio? I'm like, well, my God, where do I begin? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, yes, it does. And here's why it's, it's so crazy, Jen.
7: Well, no, and trash, like everybody who knows me in person, right? Like, I don't, like, on other things, I don't have, like, the best memory, right? Like, people's names can't remember them, cannot remember. I know faces cannot remember people's names. But this is what leads me to believe that, like, we're meant to do this at this time. Because, like, I have no problem recalling, like, the most, like, ridiculous details that I even, like, as I'm saying it, I'm, like, thinking in my mind, like, wow, how the hell did you just
6: remember that?
7: right and And I think that's the power of God working, right? to the fact that like this information needs to get out. And like, we don't know who's in the audience. like we used to know who was in the audience, but now we really don't know who's actually listening, right? So like, who knows, you know, us going through this for the thirty third time or thirty fourth time, right? Like uh, maybe there's somebody in the audience who can actually get this information out to the right people and, and something can be done about it, right. And if we can't do it in the courts, right, that's why last night's space was so important um, with Kyle is because like, if we can't convince the courts to like, take this stuff up and do something about it, we can use the media, right? Because the media does influence the court, right? And, and, and the media also influences people in the population, Um, and and if the right message and and the truth, right, the truth above anything else, but the the way the truth is packaged so people can understand it, if there's enough of an uproar from the people, it will force them to have to do something unless they have to show their hand to us that, like, we literally don't matter and they're just going to do whatever they're going to do. Um, which obviously that's a different conversation, right? But like, they we have to make it so they have to show their hands like i i think that's what it is
0: Well, and i and i think it's evidenced right i think that the i think that, that you know people are tired about what's going on in, over in ukraine and and it's now pretty well out there of after the you know at least after the tucker interview that that boris johnson killed any peace deal in ukraine and russia so like how are you going to have a global appetite so you have to create this event i e <laughs> all the things that I talked about Navalny, which is ridiculous um, to try to garner support somehow, some way, because they are losing the narrative. And this is why we don't stop Jen. This is why we keep talking about it. And I know there are people, I see the people they've been in my spaces. They've heard this content before, but here's what I also know, Jen, just because we know this stuff inside and out. And we talk about it at great length. We dive down on detail. There's some people that have told me like, man, I, I didn't really pick it up the first time or second time. The third time I really started seeing the big picture. And so that is what's fueled me to like not stop. Like I'm not, I'm not, I I just, if there's anything that I can do, it's to stop these bullshit lie narrative, propaganda narratives from taking hold ever again, ever again, because we are being sold out on people's emotions that are, that are underinformed on certain things, not to their detriment. They have lives and things they're paying attention to. I'm a single guy. I don't have kids, right? I have a job. I have a normal job. Um, and it affords me uh, an ability to spend some extra time doing these things. And I choose to spend my time doing this. It's not for clout. I'm not paid for it. I get zero dollars out of any of this. I'm not paid. I get 76 bucks every couple of weeks on Twitter for having a banger thread. That's literally it, right? It's because if it takes people two or three, four times of hearing it to ingest it correctly, once they get it, then it's off to the races for them. Then they're the ones like tagging people and adding information and putting the information out. They're like, "Holy shit! Did you hear this? Listen to this space. Listen to this thread. Our stuff has been shared all over the place the last few months because people are starting to finally pick up on it. That's not an insult. That's that's a testament to the to 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 the tenacity that we're not letting this up. I'm not letting this go. Michael, I tried to add you. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'll try again. Uh, but yeah, Jen, go ahead.
7: Yeah, trash. I mean, to us, it gets redundant, right? And we're like, Oh, my God, these people are probably so sick of hearing the same information over and over again. But I think that is the secret, right? Because if we can get people to start calling their congressional office and just be like, Hey, I know about this. Why aren't you guys, you know, looking into this, right? And 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 giving them the the talking points so they can get the information across in a concise way, um, especially around the sunrise zoom stuff, right? The sunrise zoom stuff with literal people in the bureaucracy using their burac- like the office of their bureaucracy that they work for, um, in order to subvert uh, the duly elected president. Um, and it, it it's really disgusting. I mean, you still see it. You. I guess Brett Baer, or who was it? Or was it Neil Kibbutz? Uh, one of the Fox hosts, right? Literally pulled away from Trump tonight when he started talking about the 2020 election fraud and and pretty much said like, oh, well, you know, he's entitled to his own opinion, but like, we don't have to cover it. And it's like, oh, so you still paying off that Dominion lawsuit? Is, is that what's going on?
0: You know what's cool, Jen? Uh, Not to try to segue away from it. Um, I saw two or three comments saying that they were asking us questions and shout out to Sally. But I saw two or three comments down in the chat, people asking questions. I'm like, actually, we know about that. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people saying that like, hey, this is information that is something that I've been working on. Or, hey, this is connecting dots. One person said, or, hey, whoa, wait a minute. Can you answer that again? Like a couple DMs. Like, this is the point there are dots being connected by people that are also putting in the work. They're looking at it from a different angle and I'm here for it, man. I I just, I just want it out. And, you know, eventually, you know, eventually we'll be able to build an operation that we're, that, that we're working on and it'll be able to work out. But for right now, I think this is the way it's getting it out and just keep, keep, keep pushing, keep talking about it. Yeah, Jen, go ahead.
7: Yeah. I mean like trash. I think I said this to you the other day, right? Like, both of my grandfathers fought in World War II. My one grandpa was on the, he helped to create the Burma Road. Um, and then my other grandpa was on an aircraft carrier in the South Pacific. Um, and, and you know what? They, they were battling Nazis. They were battling Nazis, right, in World War II. Um, and I am not going to allow these people to try to poison my view of reality. Um, When the reality of the situation is they are supporting Nazis, um, not only in Russia, uh, like the guy is literally doing sig Heil and inviting people to join his movement who are Nazis, right? Um, They're also supporting, openly supporting Nazis in Ukraine. Um, And we're actually like funding Nazis in Ukraine. Um, So, and they act like Nazis straight up so i'm not gonna like sit here and be tricked into thinking that this isn't happening that the the liberals and the democrats in this party are openly supporting not nazism and and marxism um and and then to be like laughed at and be told like oh no you're crazy ha 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 they're like slowly taking over everything like my grandfather.
0: Oh, you're rugging. You're rugging it.
7: Sorry, my earbud.
0: Died. Oh, there you go.
7: All the hundreds of thousands of people who lost their lives in World War II, like I, they didn't die in vain, and I'm not just going to be, I guess, diverted in an effort to try to stop this, right? And 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 actually call it out for what it is, Um, because like it, it it's really glaringly obvious.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and again, I'm not stopping because it's true and because not enough people are talking about it. And I'm also seeing people trying to run interference and change the language and change the information and try to alter and shape a narrative into the public. Like, listen, I'm under no false pretenses that I have any kind of influence above and beyond getting it to people who do have influence or simply putting it out over and over again and maybe it catches the right ear. Like, I don't have millions of followers. I don't have millions of impressions on everything I do. But I, I I know it's got to be doing something. I've seen things move. I've talked to people in Congress and Capitol Hill. Uh, I I've talked to investigators. I've talked to attorney teams that are working on various cases around the country. I know it has some kind of effect, so I'm not stopping. And I also know that there are also people that are having a direct effect uh, in, in 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 arrests and taking some of these people down. I know that's for a fact. Um, and so that just that, I don't know it pushes me. And like I look at this, Jen, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to watch some woke garbage on Netflix? What am I going to go out to the bars on the weekends? Yes, I do that sometimes, but I do that typically when I travel for work and I'm with clients. So I have my fun then and I come back and this is my focus. This is my focus all the time. Um, Would I rather be doing something else? I mean, I don't know now, but if you'd asked me that a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, I'd rather be not having to worry about any of this. I'd rather not any of this having to exist that I don't have to work to expose it to the point where it's encroaching on me even being able to live my life the, the way that I should be able to live it as a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen. Unfortunately, it's so corrupt and it's so completely uh, taken over and people people, will, and there's people, people's lives are going to be lost. We go to war. It's not my kids. I don't have kids. They're going to go to war. It's going to be everyone else's kids. I don't want anybody's kids to die and I definitely don't want them to go to war because of some contrived, manufactured bullshit of people that don't have a stake in that game as well. And it's only the people that are going to be enlisted that are going to be, you know, affected by this. So I I don't know, like, this is my fight. And and Evie, I'm going to come to you, but uh, Jen, go ahead. And we'll kick it to Evie.
7: Yeah. I mean, I just want to like point out like this, how do I put this? This situation isn't just happening, right? This situation is happening on top of our Southern border, literally getting invaded currently. Um, And and now I've watched a bunch of videos about how there's two simultaneous migrations happening, right? You have the the large one, um, which is, you know, I guess you'd call them migrants. I would still call them invaders, um, right? Which are like the ones who have been coming here, I guess, kind of, right? But you have this whole other contingent. um, And the reason... I uh, I found out about this. Sorry, the dog is literally going psycho because he has to get under the blanket, apparently. Sorry, guys. Um, I, I'm going so to... Jen, can I interrupt? And the reason I caught it is because NBC News um, actually started, you know, releasing numbers on the nightly news of how many Chinese migrants were coming over. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. Like, why is NBC specifically covering, you know the chinese migrants and and giving numbers that are pretty like eye-opening if you haven't been paying attention um and and what the video i talked about talked like described it as um as these Chi- these specific chinese migrants they they look different they act different they're more hostile they don't want to be interviewed they won't tell you where they're going um they're housed differently than all the other migrants, you know, in the Darien Gap um, that are being housed there as well. This is a completely separate camp. Um and in the Darien Gap, once the trip gets too hard, these people get picked up by boats and are taken up by boat instead of making them like I guess climb through the jungle like everybody else. Um, so All of this is happening at once. And and even one of these situations, you know, 10 years ago would have been a huge deal, but we have this huge deal happening on like five different fronts all at the same time. And, And how do you navigate it when there is a large, strong effort of propaganda in this country to make you believe an alternate reality that's completely untrue? Hey, very important, Jen, I'm so sorry.
11: Trash, I see Stephen McIntyre in the room, and I was going to talk about him, actually. Uh, maybe we can invite him. Go ahead, Anna.
7: Can you hear well, me? Sorry, Trash.
0: Yes, Abby. Yeah, no, I see Stephen there as well. And I, I was covering his content earlier before you were in here. Right. Uh, I
11: would love to have him uh, on stage if he wants to speak.
0: I mean, yes, absolutely. He wants to come up, and again, a shout out to Steven. Um, he was shouted out on Dan Bongino's show today, and and again, I obviously spoke highly of him. I he joined us for his space last year when we were going over Charles McGonagall and many of these other things. But there's been there's there's been a handful of people out there that have been relentless on the coverage of all of all of this content. And if you guys who I'm talking about, it's at Climate Audit. And this thread that he put together, he he was the guy, man. They, of course, he picked it out because he's always been on top of this. But he picked out specifically in this indictment of Smirnov uh, the text messages that really tied in together the 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 2019 uh, conversations between uh, the FBI handler and 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 Smirnov, and what was going on at the same time when Dirk Katz was releasing these audio clips. And Stephen, thank you for joining us. Absolutely insanely amazing find. Uh, in that indictment, Stephen. great work on that, and I couldn't I couldn't speak highly enough about it. but if you want to add anything to this, I appreciate you joining us on the stage. Yeah, I think you're muted there, Stephen, but uh, again, great, great work. if you wanted to add to it. Yeah, well, well, sorry.
12: oh sorry. Um, yeah, I, I did yeah, I, I just signed on. Um,
0: wh- where Where are you in your discussion? Sure, no problem. So I actually went through, I went through your thread, and then I went through the updates from Kyle Cheney. Was kind of talk about just all the work that you and and Fool Nelson and a lot of you guys, what what we call like the the uh, intelligent corner of the internet where you guys are always covering this, and you've been covering this for years. Um, you've been on top of it, but kind of went through a little bit. I kind of gave like some more like color commentary background. I kind of played the clip from the Council of Foreign Relations about you know the the billion dollar son of a bitch. I kind of went into. Uh, of how Pozarski was kind of part of this when he was basically acting as a bagman between uh, Zlochevsky and Blue Star Strategies and Hunter Biden, and how they kind of arranged this pay-for-play scheme of influence operations. But how that we really didn't know much about Smirnov. We knew about a source, but I didn't really know much about him. And I've been pretty on top of this. And to see like the reaction of of DOJ or like these charges that are coming down at first. I was like, well, first of all, if he's lying about all this stuff, that's fine. But then when you look at the indictment, he wasn't lying. He was working directly with these FBI handlers. He was giving them information that was on a timeline, absolutely accurate based on uh, you know press conference, that hour and 18 minute long press conference where he brought out the receipts. He had the audio recordings. And so what is your take? I mean, I, obviously I see your information that you've reported on here, but What's kind of your feeling, your gut, or your takeaway from from this from this discovery within the indictment, and then how the overreaction of DOJ has, has been going on, specifically with the rearrest, even after the magistrate said he's not a flight risk, he's just as much at risk in Russia. Go ahead. Okay, um, I just, I guess in a sense, the the most
12: people, it was a long thread, and it was it was a bit of a work in progress as I was writing it, and I think most people tend to have read the first five or six um, points, and then the engagement drops off exponentially. But in fact, I think the most interesting things are about halfway through or three-quarters of the way through. Um, What I mean, yes, uh, there was a context for, uh, you know, I started off with this uh, point that these messages were Directly after the Durkacz uh, press conference, where they played the Biden-Poroshenko tapes, and and the whole uh, the the Durkacz um, press conferences, and the cancellation and suppression and sanctioning of Durkacz. Uh, was really a play into the hunter biden laptop or it was in some ways more important but the like that is not really the story that i that i thought was interesting in the smirnoff one anyway in the um, indictment the, the the indictment describes in paragraph 31 um, what you might say are the documentary evidence of uh, Smirnoff's contacts with Burisma. And according to the documentary evidence, um, uh, Smirnov uh, starts trying to, has a call with Slochevsky um, in early 2017. Um, he then, uh, in April, is put in contact by email with Pozharsky. Um, in September, uh, he goes over to Kiev with a with associate number two, who's a, a a crypto promoter of some sort. We haven't been able to figure out who he is. Um, it turns out that that in Kiev, in the middle of of September, there was a crypto conference, and and that that can be firmly dated. So uh, so we know that. Um, Smirnov, with his crypto friend, associate number two, went to uh, Kiev in the middle of September 2017, and he met there with uh, Zlochevsky's daughter, her husband, um, and associate number one seems to have been along with a guy called Ostapenko. Uh, so that, that, um, that, that meeting is quite well fixed. Now, In the now, and so and then in it goes. And then in January 2018, a few months after the the Ukraine um, meeting, uh, um, Smirnov, the Smirnov and um, Associate Two, uh, the crypto guy, are once again in London. um, While he's in, and then they proceed. or he tells, uh, he tells um, a, associate number two that he he's just had a call from Zlochevsky who, uh, and then they go out back to Ukraine to talk about crypto, and um, meet Pozharsky and uh, or I think yeah they meet Pozharsky again, and he tells them they're not interested in the crypto scheme and at all. That, that seems to be the end of it in terms of the documentary evidence. Now, the FD-1023 in, um, now the story in the, the FBI 1023s is very different. Um, the first mention of Burisma but in connection with Smirnov is in um, Beginning of March 2017, which matches the doc that matches documentary evidence, but the rest of it um, is then completely different. Uh, according to the 1023, um, Smirnov had meetings with um, Burisma in Kiev um, and associate number two, the crypto guy, in late 2015. Prior to Biden's speech in uh, Kiev asking for um, Shokin to be fired. Um, and then a few months after that, um, sort of again in, in sort of late, late 2015, um, uh, uh, Smirnov is said to have had a meeting in Vienna with um, Slochevsky at which various lurid stories were were, were told uh, then they go nothing happens for a year and then they have a, a he has a call with the Slochevsky in late 2016 which is just before the the sort of documentary period starts uh, and then nothing ha- then there's no contact between him and Burisma for the next three years, and then in 2019, out of the blue, um, he's in London, um, near Harrod's, and uh, uh, meeting with uh, one of these two associates. And once again, there's a supposedly a call from Slochevsky. So it, it's weird. So the there, there's a weird disconnect between what's described in the uh, uh, 1023. And what um, the documentary evidence shows, and and what um, what Weiss charged um, Smirnoff with is lying about these um, various meetings, and saying that and and saying that these meetings in 2015 uh, didn't happen, and those were the meetings at which he which according to the 1023 um, all all the lurid stories of the Bidens had been told. Um, so now um, there's the, now one of the things that then sort of really caught my eye was that the people at the 2015 meeting the sort of this this meeting that the FBI said was fake. Um, the people that were at it were uh, in 2015 were supposedly uh, associate to the crypto guy, Zlochevsky's daughter, and this was in and and um, and Pozharsky. So, it, and again, they were talking. Um, so, what was the crypto guy? And, and oh, the other thing is they had evidence that the crypto guy had never. Um, left the United States between or for your never left North America between 2011 and 2017. So, what did seem clear to me, and I'm uh, I think I'm almost 100. I'm 99.99% convinced of this is that the uh, meeting that the FBI and Weiss placed in September 2015, and which they said was imaginary. Is a doppel—it's a doppelganger of the 2017 meeting, uh, which is documented, and for some reason they've uh, placed the date wrong. Because the descriptions match, the same people are at this meeting that they said never happened, that are at this meeting in 2017, which provably did happen. And what, where I think, what I think happened. Is that they had kind of a, the, the the description from Smirnov to the FBI seems to have been kind of a floating chronology. He was like and, and and bear with me on this. He so he said that he went to they went to Kiev and I I, I suspect he wasn't terribly precise on the dates. Um, he went to Kiev and had the meeting with the um, Zlochevsky's daughter and the crypto guy and um and then a couple of months later he went to vienna and had a meeting with uh, slochevsky and he had said that that was around the time that biden made a speech uh calling for um shokins removal and the fbi knew that the uh, that Biden had made a speech at the Ukrainian Rada in December 2015, calling for Shokin's removal. So they then uh, dated the supposed Vienna meeting to uh, around December 2015 and um, placed the Kiev meeting a few months earlier than that. And that's how they they got the 2015-2016 dates for these meetings. So. But, but do, 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 do you see where the catch is? Yeah. Because the yeah, catch is, uh, Joe Biden's big speech about firing Shokin was in January 2018 at the uh, Council of Foreign Relations in Washington. So it seemed so as soon as you think about that, um, you say, OK, OK. Um, so the the meet, and then you that was a few months after the September twenty seventeen meeting in Kiev. So what I think has clearly happened is that the FBI ten twenty three is all totally screwed up um, in their dates. That the that the but the events that they are describing as having happened in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen are the exactly the same events that are documented in 2017. So they, the, the, um, the meeting that they said never happened happened in 2017 at, in Kiev at the, with the crypto guy. Um, and then that would that would mean that the um, meeting in um, Vienna with Slochevsky would have been at the end of 2017, early 2018. And then th- this, is, this is kind of a, a neat clincher is that um, it, it, the, the, in the Weiss dot, the transcript, one of the dates that they say is firm is that in, on uh, January 23rd, 2018, uh, Smirnov was in London uh, where he claimed to have received a call from Slochevsky. That's the very day that Biden gave his speech about firing Shokin at the Council of Foreign Relations. So um, my take on that is that 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 would be the exact. And so the uh, description of the call between uh, Smirnov and Zlochevsky, um, which the um, Weiss places to 2019, uh, matches exactly to the call in 2019. Uh, January 2018, um, and so, so the whole thing is um, so the FBI just looks, whoever the agent is, looks like he, um, you know, he kind of, he, he interpreted the date, he had relative uh, floating chronology grabbed the wrong Biden speech as a fixed point and got everything wrong. And then Weiss comes in, uh, takes this 1032, 1023 as being a verbatim rendering of what Smirnov had said, and accuses him of lying about meetings when he hadn't lied about anything. Right. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is crazy. And so, listen, I'm not going to attribute malice here yet uh, Stephen, I'm not going to attribute malice anywhere yet, although I'm sure I could take that down. So I, wh- what you pointed out is this, basically. So the the meeting. OK, so essentially. So uh, attorney Weiss is essentially accusing um, uh, Smirnov of lying because essentially he's saying that what took place in in 2015 was actually what took place in 2017. Therefore, he's lying. Although the conflation, and this is interesting because it's well,
12: actually interesting. Yeah. It's a little. It just, it's a little different than that. He's saying that the the, the 2015 meeting at, at the 2015 the description of the 2015 meeting included lurid stories about Bidens, and and what he's saying is that the 2017 meeting uh, that is attested was just a, a routine business. Me- right. Meeting okay. where, where nothing happened, and that all these stories about the Bidens um, were fabricated. Whereas I think that, whereas what um, what the defense will be um, from Smirnov will be that the meeting was in September uh, 2017, uh, and exactly, and what I reported is exactly what happened, and. Um, the guy, associate number two, uh, doesn't speak Russian. So his evidence on what was said or not said is, is meaningless. Right.
0: Well, and here's OK. So but but this is something that I talked about earlier in the space that I, I, I would like to actually point out. It also seems like they're conflating the stories. So one of the things that I pointed out was the email chain uh, between Pozarski and Blue Star Strategies. And essentially, when you go through essentially what Pozarski as the bag man working between Zlochowski, Zlochowski being, you know, obviously, you know, Barisma CEO President, Vadim uh, Pozarski is essentially the go-between that's working um, in conjunction with Blue Star Strategies, ultimately Rosemont Seneca, and they basically have this this influence operation to essentially this PR uh, uh, campaign to re. To reestablish Burisma as a legitimate company because Victor Shokin, who was the prosecutor, was in, uh, investigating them for corruption, actually created sanctions. UK put sanctions on, on Zlochewski himself. He had to flee when this investigation was going on. And so basically uh, that imposed Pozarski, If you look in the email chain of the Hunter Biden laptop, you can see these. And this was these were email chains between uh, November of 2015 Around that time, this is before yeah, just yeah. yeah, just yeah,
12: before. I, yeah. I, I know, I, I know the one you mean.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm helping the audience because like you and I, we're all over this. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it seems to be that they're conflating these meetings and interchanging them. Is it a clerical error or is it intentional? That's my question, I suppose.
12: Okay, I don't, I like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see this particular uh, Smirnov cock-up. Um, as connected to the other things? It, it seems like, like, the, like the particular sort of, uh, I, mean, it, I mean, in a general sense, obviously they're trying to whitewash the, the Bidens, but I, I, don't, I, I don't see that it particularly connects with the Blue Star operation. This just seems like a, a sort of a cock up all of its own.
9: So I'm 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 curious, Stephen, and thank you so much for uh, being here and for doing what you do. Uh, yeah. The crypto guy, uh, do do we have? So so right, I obviously am deep in the crypto world. It's kind of my, we don't know
12: who the, we we don't know who he is right now.
9: So 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 beyond not knowing who he is, do we know? Is is there any way that we know what chain he was using? Like what cryptocurrency? Like is there any mention of any specific crypto? in any of the documents Bitcoin Ethereum FTT uh, would be no. ones that I would assume
12: no no well what we what we do know is that the, the he was at the um crypto conference in Kiev in uh September 15th uh 2017 and um there's some um information on the internet about that it sort of it was uh D1E conference, Um, um, Brock, I think Brock Pierce was at it, Uh, Mike Costache was at it, Um, and and, uh, Mike Costache was, uh, you know, oddly enough, was a friend of uh, Sergey Millions and turns up, you know, was interviewed by Mueller, but, you know, that just doesn't have anything to do with this.
9: I, I have some contacts with uh, Brock Pierce. That's uh, interesting. Um, so so,
12: that- um, so, so if you, yeah, I would say look up the look up the um, go- Google the Kiev uh, crypto conference in September twenty seventeen, and the, there's a, um, I, I'm actually I can probably find I'll I'll, I'll, I'll um, actually I have a link to it. I had a link to it in my thread. Um,
0: I was going to say, uh, you've got it right here. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure that I had this pull up. It was like some kind of, like, I i saw this, it was a project. My God, where is it? This is such a great spread, by the way. Uh, this was, okay. So this was the crypto conference. It was connected to Kiev trip Smirnov and associate to, to a crypto conference in Kiev on September 16th to the 19th, 2017, exactly the right dates. There's a Russiagate Easter egg here. I want to ask you about the Russiagate Easter egg, although I probably know about it. But it's
12: it's Mike Kastash.
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, so Mike Kastash and Sergey Milan. um
12: Yeah, I mean, it's like it's not really like I I mean, it's not I mean, it's not really very fair. You know, Kastash is, you know, he just just, you know, knew somebody that knew somebody. So naturally, Mueller (laughs) harassed him.
0: Of course he did. (laughs) Of course you did, which by the way, great coverage on that by the way, uh, yeah, so Dustin here actually I've got I've got it right here. Uh, Brock Pierce is right there, so he was uh, blockchain capital co-founder managing partner. you got Crystal Rose Pierce, co-founder of Sensei, uh, Naomi Brockwell, Jason kind, Jeremy Gardner
12: and so 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 there's no guarantee that the 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 guy that's went to to see uh barisma is on the masthead of that conference. It could be anybody. Um you know, yeah, but no, on I mean, the other
9: it could be somebody who's just an attendee too, right? Like... Yeah, yeah,
12: that's what I meant. Yeah. Like uh, the sort of in a Bayesian sense, that could it could be anybody. So the odds of it being somebody that's on the masthead are fairly slim.
9: So 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 trash I don't I don't have it up and uh right I'm I'm not in front of the computer. Was it an athi- beyond just crypto was it a Bitcoin conference was it an ethereum conference uh, was was it a FTT conference right uh, was any of those like large players like the sponsor of the conference was like usually it's an ethereum conference or Bitcoin and the re- the reason I ask is that we'll be able like we could go see if they're right because it's a, a public blockchain we can go back to the chain and review, large payments that may have been made around the same time like in crypto I, that probably traditional investigators might not look for.
12: I am not sure that the, I, I, there's no evidence that anybody was making any pay payments in mid September in relation to this stuff so i i, I view that as a dead end. Oh, I, another person that um let's see um that was at that conference that uh, Walker Fire spotted was um uh, Ryan Lackey.
0: Yes, yes.
12: Um, and um, yeah, who was with something called? Uh, and and this was this was Walker Fire's idea that it might be that he was with at the time was wrapping something called Avertas Insurance, and that he was. Uh, Promoting something called crypto asset insurance, so that 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 might have been the sort of thing that would be, um, um, you know, maybe he could take to Burisma and promote. Um, then the, another guy that um, uh, uh, Walker Fire spotted as being there um, was uh, somebody with a. Uh, Twitter handle of uh, Valerian. Uh, Valerian253 uh, was in at the conference and uh, gave a shout out to Ryan Lackey at it.
10: Dustin, it was uh, titled A Blockchain and Bitcoin Conference, and it looks to be Bitcoin-focused. But if you could just, um, uh, Stephen, if you could just re- refresh me or if you could clarify, what was the role of the crypto Person, this unnamed person in this uh-
12: nobody, nobody. He was just like he was uh, just an associate and a friend of of Smirnov. And so, and I think so, sounds like Smirnov had some. Um, I mean, he, he, Smirnov just sounds like a hustler of some sort. And he probably, uh, when crypto was was hot, he was probably getting involved in crypto hustles, um, um, and um, you know, so, sort of you know, kind of in the, um, you know, like all these guys and, you know, looking for, looking for a deal. Uh, so I, I don't, um, but I don't, I don't think, I mean, it, these guys were basically looking for Barisma to fund things and uh, Barisma kept They went to to meet with them, and Brisma on each meeting said, "No, we're not interested in this crypto stuff that you're flogging. Uh, We're interested in an oil and gas company in the U.S." Uh, And so they the meetings didn't go successfully for the crypto vendors. So I mean, and that's like that. All just seems to be kind of a dead end. Now exactly exactly why the FBI is you know, surveilling sort of people, crypto hustlers in in <laughs> Ukraine. It seems that you know, you, you, surely, the, surely they should be fighting crime somewhere. But I guess they uh, they, it's more interesting to to anyway. I, the, I'm not sure why they have all these sort of uh, CHSs uh, dealing in these kind of crazy business
10: promotions. The only reason I asked, and D- Dustin asked as well, is because as you probably know, a- any transactions that occurred uh, between parties is is on the blockchain permanently. So, you know, if there, if there were payments with any crypto people to and from the Bidens, to and from Burisma, you know, that would be out there on the blockchain. So we're just thinking, uh, you know, maybe we could find some wallets involved, but it sounds like it's not possible. It seems like
0: and I'll let Stephen answer that question, but it seems more more like this was kind of like, hey, uh, we're doing some business over here. We got this conference and uh, you're a friend of mine. You know, maybe you can make some contacts or bring you along with me. Maybe there's some conversations that could be had, uh, but it doesn't seem like many people whom were too interested in moving that forward. But again, I don't think it's an unfair thread to pull on. And Stephen, we're not, uh, w- what we're doing here is just simply like, I'm going on your work, and and again, I think a lot of the stuff is corroborated in, in many other places. And I, I just thought it was great work. But I have some guys up here that are that are pretty deep into the Web three crypto community, and and they're just trying to figure out what kind of threads that they can pull on. You know what I mean? So okay, I think that's, well,
12: well, actually, I mean, for people that want to want to pull on those threads, I mean, something there there um, there were some um, there were some. Um, blockchain payments that came up in the Mueller report that um, I I spent some time sort of tracking the wallets, but I mean, I don't, I, I'd never done wallet tracking before and um, did it in a pretty amateur way. Um, But um, there, there's some, there's some addresses there that look, look like they, they could be pulled. So, I mean, if that's something that, that, just just from from sort of the researching I've been doing, that would be an area that I think there there it's worth pulling some more for people that are knowledgeable in doing that.
10: Could you um could you possibly DM myself for trash with maybe a link to that document or where in the moment yeah yeah it's located? Yeah.
12: Yeah yeah I'll I'll write a note to myself to do that. Anyway, so but but back to the Smirnov thing. So the anyway so this like this September mid-September conference looks like like that's locked in as a fixed point in trying to understand what um, what's going on in the uh, Smirnov indictment so if you re just sort of if you reread the indictment sort of with that with this set of spectacles on i think you can see the spots in the in the indictment which refer to um the um, the true September set, uh, meeting about crypto in um, sort of that's in paragraph 31. That's the documentary one. And then if you look in the the 1023, um, you see what's, what is, I think, un, unmistakably the same meeting, except they placed it in 2015.
0: Right. You had pointed out earlier. You said it was like a doppelganger. So essentially like the same, the entire, uh, the entire, the entire premise, the entire reporting on it, it was just simply misdated.
12: Absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, I, like Andy McCarthy and others are saying that this thing was really bad because they blew up a source. Um, but it's even worse than that because they blew up a source, um, by uh, just by being stupid, like because they got their dates wrong.
0: Right. Which is, which is probably the most believable scenario. I got to be honest; it's probably the most believable scenario at this point. Uh, you know, when you cover these things, and you're just like, "Wow, it, it's it's it's." Well, I won't. I won't attribute malice. So I'll just attribute they just got it wrong. <laughs> Until I can.
12: <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's like well, the people that got it wrong where was the f? It was wrong in the the one o the ten twenty three before Weiss got involved.
0: Right. But but I I guess I guess that boils down to, Stephen, my my final my final point here is at which point is it is this mistake being weaponized to shut this guy up because he has access to these tapes that they don't want to talk about that happened on May 19th of 2019 with their catch that he had that hour and 18 minute press conference where he released these tapes between Poroshenko and Biden. Is this an attempt to suppress that information? Uh, Publicly, and is that why they're going after him so hard? Even though the magistrate in the initial charge said he's not a flight risk, we don't have to worry about it. But they're locking him down, doubling down in California. Is this a deliberate attempt to make sure that this information does not make it to the public, or is this just simply Weiss is what just reading reports wrong and trying to do his due diligence? Oh,
12: oh, I see. Well, I think you know. I mean, at a certain, I mean, a lot of these guys are just pricks. I mean, I mean, right. (laughs) You know, that's, so I don't think, I, I don't think you can exclude that factor. I mean, I don't think, you you know, in terms of the, of the, I don't think Smirnov I don't think Smyrna himself had any very deep. Well, let's see. I haven't seen any evidence that he had any very deep acquaintance with the Durkacz tapes and the, um, and the FBI and the U.S. security agencies uh, really made a concerted effort to suppress the, the Biden Poroshenko tapes. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, I like that. Um, I, mean, I mean, I I I think that some of those tapes. I think the tapes that haven't attracted attention are m- more disconcerting. Than the ones that have. I mean, I think everybody uh, seems to be so focused on um, barisma corruption uh, that they lose sight of just uh, every other thing. In like, there there are other crazy things going on in Ukraine under the Biden uh, vice regency in uh, 2014 to 2016. So, for example. Um, I'm I'm 100% convinced that the Black Ledger operation, which decapitated Manafort, was originated by Biden cadres in the end of uh, 2015, early 2016. And there's a tape, there is a Biden-Poroshenko tape uh, on the day that uh, Por- Manafort resigned, and uh, Biden and Poroshenko are giggling to each other about um um uh, uh Manafort being decapitated and Poroshenko is taking credit for it and Biden is is uh, cheering him on and so in an era where um there's been so much um uh, controversy of foreign interference in US elections the fact was is that here was Poroshenko taking credit for Decapitating Manafort as the as Trump's campaign chairman, and nobody cares. And uh, this is sort of three weeks after, but but sort of the world's been turned upside down because Debbie Wasserman Schultz lost her position as uh, DNC chair. Um, So they're like they're, and and I think in that case it wasn't just simply that um Poroshenko was uh, interfering uh, in in getting Manafort in decapitating Manafort but that um he, he they had done so um sort of in collusion with Biden cadres um that had met with the Ukrainian prosecutors in January 2016 so that's in one of the and and when they um Durkach Durkach published that tape on july the 7th 2020 uh that was the third his third press conference and and after that one that's when they really went into gear to shut durkatch down um the uh democrats um went they stopped um from uh testifying or they 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 got the um intelligence agencies to Put a fatwa on Telishenko testifying. Uh, then in August, um, Evanina said that Durkach was spreading Russian disinformation. <laughs> uh, and then on uh, September 7th, he was sanctioned. And then uh, in January, in the last act of the so called Trump administration, um, Kulik, Telishenko, and Onoshenko were all uh, sanctioned. And yep. uh, uh, Kulik, uh, Kulik, out of all of them, seems like a, a completely legit guy.
0: Uh, so oh, hang on, Jen, real quick. Let me let me expand on this. So I'm going to kick it to you. Um, so I had Andy on. Um, I had Andy on like two or three days ago and I've had him on a space before. And I talked to him every now and then because that, that yeah. my fights is getting the sanctions lifted so he can actually speak in front of Congress. Um. And, you know, basically what he revealed essentially was, as, as, as what most people know that have been paying attention to this, is he was in the embassy. He obviously participated in Euromaidan in 2014. He's admitted this openly. But that he, that he was then sh- sanctioned in the same group of people uh, and was not allowed to uh, testify in front of Congress. Although he does say that he has additional receipts that have not been seen yet. If he, if he can testify, he will bring them forward. I'm interested to see that. I think that Kulik, to your point, is probably uh, the most legitimate based on the information that I've seen. And you're, you're even deeper than I am on this. And people would say that I'm weighing on this. So, But I, I, I've talked with Andy, and, and he, he didn't have a lot to say about Smirnov himself, but he did have a lot to say about Dirkatch and uh, 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 Kulik. And I think that ultimately, I... I want to hear what Andy has to say in front of Congress, if we can get these sanctions lifted, where he can actually present a lot of this information in front of them. And yeah, I think, I, it, yeah, yeah,
12: I'm not. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, I've had, you know, I've talked to him as well. Um, you know, I mean, he, like he, he, when the, the Ukrainian prosecutors were um, meeting with the the U.S. officials in January 2016. Uh, he only attended two of the meetings, and he was shut out of the out of the other ones. Um, and the the guy that uh, the, that was the um, the FBI uh, attaché in Ukraine was uh, really wanted to keep him out. Uh, Jeff um, uh, Jeff somebody uh, Jeff Cole. Does that sound right?
0: That sounds right to me, actually. Yes.
12: Um, yeah, he so he was at the first meeting with uh, Mella and Zentos and then he was at one later meeting but uh, he wasn't at 10 of the like he wasn't at 10 of the meetings and um, I I think there are a lot of you know some of the documents that um, I've you know he hasn't um, I don't think he's seen you know some of the documents that that have turned up in the hearing so uh, yeah I mean but you know he seems like a he seems like a straight shooter to me
0: yeah, I've never had. Uh, I, I've been able to cross-reference most of what Andy's talked about with other documents. Um, the, you know, the Hunter Biden, Burisma, uh, corruption, Senate report that Grasley and Johnson were behind. A lot of the stuff that he's talked about has been corroborated, even though he would never had direct access to it. He, I mean, he's talked about Vicky Newland and all these things and, and what he was involved in. So I, I'm with that 100 percent. And I cut Jen off. I don't want to I don't want to go any further before I get to Jen. Jen, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off.
7: It's okay, trash. No worries. Hi, Stephen. Uh, nice Hi. to see you. Okay. Um, I have a question. Have you ever come across the name Anna McAndrew in any of these paperwork? Yeah, she
12: she she was a Biden cadre in um, late um, 2015, 2016, and before she went to Facebook. Uh, she's on, um, yeah, she's on a lot. She was in his office in um 25th late December 2015 when they were um, bringing the Ukrainian prosecutors over to give them instructions, um, so they brought uh, Sitnik and Kolodnitsky uh, over. Um, that was and that was just you know just around the time that they were were sort of starting to try to find sort of so at this. January two thousand and sixteen meeting. I mean, there were two things that the, the two things that were on the minds of the Biden cadres was one, um, sort of to decapitate Manafort, and the other was to um, fire Shokin. So the, those two operations seem are not generally associated in the sort of public sphere but they were part and parcel of the same operation. And once you start viewing them together, you start thinking about them differently.
7: Yeah. I mean, she just seems to be a a player in so much of this. And the stuff that we're finding with uh, the the censorship industrial complex um, and a lot of the Russia hoax stuff that was, um, you know, put out through different media outlets i mean her fingerprints are all over it um so could you tell me a little bit more about her like is she like cia or because i know she was the only other person on that call with porloshenko and biden um the one that's in question
12: which call like there are there zillions there there are dozens of calls between them which call are you talking about
7: the big one where he calls for the firing of the prosecutor.
12: Um. Okay. Um, okay. The the. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, okay, you probably there'd be one in mid February twenty sixteen. I think it's the one you're talking about, and that was the one that was played at the uh, May nineteenth, twenty twenty press conference with Durkach yeah i don't i mean i haven't i don't think that I, I think she was fairly junior in the biden sphere at in 2015 2016 i um i don't see her as you know i i, I, I don't see her as being a unique figure in it uh, i could be wrong um you know I, I, you know i and I, i'm not sure that um you know I, I'm not sure that there there are yeah, I, there there was a, there are a lot of them working together. I don't I't don't, but I don't see her as being particularly unique. um but you know she certainly certainly has gone on to have a big job at Facebook, and um, you know it and in that role probably had was more important in the uh, censorship operation,
0: I think.
7: Awesome. thank you for that, Stephen.
8: okay,
0: yeah, and again,. Uh- you know, Steven, great work on this thread. And like, that's why I've been sharing it around. Uh, I put it back out there today. That's why we're having the space about it, because obviously this is something that I've been covering, not even as a, at a deep, at a deepest level, but definitely more so than people even realize that the laptop even exists. Never let alone the emails, all these chains and the Russia gate, spy gate, which is ultimately Ukraine gate at the end of the day. And basically all of the corruption that's been going on in Ukraine with many, many people, um, within both the Obama camps, the Hillary camps, obviously with Blue Star uh, and the Biden camps and all of the kind of coalescing around Ukraine. Yeah. Go
3: ahead.
12: Where, 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 where do people in this space is mostly th- where, where do you guys stand on the on the Ukraine war and uh, Ukraine operation? Is well, that something. I mean, I, I assume that that there's probably some common view on that just in terms of being attracted to the, this particular issue.
0: Well, the reason I'm attracted to this issue is more so I, am definitely obviously a, a Trump supporter, but that's not really the, my, my main thing. My main thing is, is that it seems to be that what has occurred in Ukraine, both. Well, okay. Well, this is kind of a nuanced question for me because I cover a lot of this stuff. So, um, Let's ignore the color revolution stuff for a moment. We're not going to talk about the Orange Revolution in t- two thousand three. I'm not going to talk about Euromaidan. I'm not going to talk about Norm Eisen, Michael McFall, Vicky Newland, and all these people that have been operating over there for years. Michael Carpenter, all these people that operate <laughs> years. You know, that's a different yeah. tack. That's a different part of it. Uh, but for me, uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I think that I think that Putin probably could have been honest and just saying he needed a natural land bridge in eastern Ukraine that he wanted back. He already took Crimea to have a warm water port. He can't admit those two things. They instead want to bring up a history lesson. Um, but I also think that there were there were opportunities for peace. I think that uh, emotions were ramped up and ratcheted up in this country and, and many European countries. Everyone uh, being led to believe that Putin's going to hang a Russian flag on, on on the Eiffel Tower, which is just nonsense to me. I think that I don't want anybody invading another country whether or not they had a a national sovereignty or not, whether or not we are responsible for whatever happening in Ukraine, all those things, I think that I don't want people dying, and I would like to uh, end very quickly. But it seems to be that the West, um, mainly within the European power centers, don't want that to happen. And they want the defense contractors to keep, you know, earning that money. We need to keep sending weapons, old weapons from defense contractors over to Ukraine, Meanwhile, conscripting adults upwards of 50 plus years old to fight in a war that nobody wants to participate in. You've had an absolute explosion of migration out of Ukraine into Europe. I know this because I was over there in, in, in September of 2022. I was over there. I was in southern Poland. I was in France, UK, Germany and Netherlands. And all I saw was basically all the, nor- the, the normal average citizens of each individual country. So, whether it were my clients, I, I work in uh, manufacturing, we sell products abroad and had some trade shows and was showing up to my distributors and talking to the average people. It, the people coming out of Ukraine were giving favored status in all these individual countries. And all of this could have been stopped and prevented, or, or a peace could have been uh, drawn. And yet, Uh, there seems to be this push of constantly wanting to bang these war drums. And then when you see this news of like Navalny come out and you're seeing people like Julia Yaffe and and all these people that are connected with Alexei Navalny, you're looking at our State Department reporting that she was a widow in 2021, Yulia Navalny, on the heels of the Munich Security Conference and the who's who of the world prime ministers, presidents, intelligence uh, officials, all these people that are all these central planners of what's going on in, in Europe. And on the heels, you, you've got this speech that Yulia's, an impassioned speech about Alexei Navalny, which I have questions about. Uh, we've seen the the leaked footage that uh, that was put out of, of the Navalny associate meeting with British MI6 intelligence, asking for money to create a color revolution. And all the same names and all the same people seem to be involved in all these, these same color revolutions around the world. And I just don't want any of it anymore. I think it's my stance, Stephen.
12: Yeah, well, that's... Uh... Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a Canadian, so I. I don't have quite. But I mean, normally we kind. Of, we tend to stay out of these things. But uh, Christia Freeland, our deputy prime minister, is a, a ukrain nationalist, and so Canada has become, uh, very active in supporting, more active in supporting Ukraine than we normally would be. I mean, we were, we 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 stayed out of the Vietnam War and mostly out of the Iraq War, so that uh, we're we're in Ukraine with both feet so yeah I I I I guess my, my take as a Canadian is that I, I've lived Quebec has had two separation referendums in my lifetime and uh, they were defeated very narrowly but if they'd succeeded um uh Quebec would have separated um and it's and the language laws that the were installed after the Maidan coup, um, where it, it, if the similar laws had been passed in Canada, Quebec would have separated in a nanosecond. So yep. I, I just like I just like the whole. I just have the sense that you that the Ukra- after Ma- the Maidan yep. uh, coup, the new government f- sort of blew it, forfeited its the right to exist as a nation. Um, you know, like in the same way that if if Canada had done the same thing, uh, we would have forfeited our our right to exist as a nation. So there has to be a lot of, if you've got two languages in a country, there's got to be a lot of tolerance. It's got to be set up uh, constitutionally. And um, they didn't do that. And, nope. and if they had, that would be a different story. Oh, well, uh, I, so I- I don't I don't see how it, I don't I don't see how you um, I think the egg's broken now. I don't see how you put it back together.
0: I don't I don't see how you do either. And I think that the, many of the groups that 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 were tapped as part of this Maidan uh, uh, revolution in Ukraine were the very same groups that were going after. Uh, do you say ethnically or do you say culturally Russian? Either way, <clears throat> Russian speaking, Russian identifying citizens that lived in Ukraine. Uh, We're forced to the eastern seaboard. And and of course, it made it a very advantageous, easy, um, I guess, in Putin's mind, geopolitical move to say, well, these people already want to be liberated from a country that's already chasing it out to the east. Therefore, this makes natural sense when really he wants the natural bridge and the warm water port. I get that. I understand that. You can give me a long history lesson on Tucker's interview for 30 minutes about how you gave that land to Ukraine. You're taking it back because they're participating in Western shenanigans. Um and but but again, I, I, I don't know how you do that. And I don't know how you can enforce the agreement that we should we as Western countries should be involved and you can't invoke the Minsk Agreement when you've already undone that agreement by what you did with Euromaidan. I mean, you could even make the argument with the with the elections in 2010, to be honest with you, but at the end of the day, I, I think that Euromaidan is, is kind of like the the inflection point. And I don't know how you come back from that. And the in the groups that they made a coalition for uh, during that time, uh, listen, the, the 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 trope about Nazis or whatever. Yes, those people exist, and yes, they are. But like, I I I don't see that you have the same formal government upholding the same agreement at that point forward. I think, Stephen, I think it's kind of what you were saying, right? Kinda. Yeah. Not,
12: yeah, well, it's a, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, um, well, it's 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 nice to hear some of you say that. I mean, I I, I hardly know anybody that thinks that way, but that's what I I, I think about the same as you do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I and again, I just try to anyway. I, yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Back to your conference. I it back you to
12: mind. your spaces. Okay. Thanks.
0: I'm actually probably going to wind it down very soon. We've been going at it. We've been going through your content for a couple hours. Um, I okay. A lot of video, well, I'll, but yeah
12: I'll listen. I'll 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 turn my I'll turn my mic off and listen for a while.
0: Well, I appreciate you, Stephen, and great great work. Um, obviously, I've I'm also friends with Fool Nelson. You guys do exceptional work. You have brought the receipts. You've been bringing the receipts for years. I don't know how the hell you made it through censorship and bans, but you did. I did not. But here we are. So good to see you still. <laughs> okay. Okay. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, Abby, you had your hand up, I think.
11: Well, no, just for a second, because uh, Stephen has um, has been going very deep for the McGonagall story as well. So maybe he can be a guest when we get to put that space together, if that's okay.
0: Yeah. So, Stephen, uh, Abby and myself, we're putting. I'm
11: Albanian, by the way, Stephen, and I've read your uh, everything you wrote on McGonagall and, you know. I've been following that story very closely.
0: So I don't know if you remember this, Stephen. Last year, it was early on. It was Jen, Jennifer, who's my co-host, myself. We were hosting a space and we were going over the truck. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
12: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, Evie and myself, we're going to have another McGonagall space. We're going to have the girlfriend of Charlie on uh, and, a, and, and an Albanian journalist that was actually covering in Albania at that time. I'd love to have you come join it because again, actually,
11: this- actually, the journalist That's- is very close to individual B, which is Dutschka, which you also, Stephen, got him on the email chain in between Hunter Biden, his associate. They were discussing Dutschka about taking care of him.
12: Okay, do you do you follow what I'm talking about? Yeah, although, you know, look if, if the if I my. My, my, my Unless I have the documents, that, you know, once I sort of close the file, I it, it it's shocking how quickly I lose track of what it was.
11: Yeah, Dutschka was the guy that made the
12: connection. And, 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 and everybody assumes, that, yeah, you, you sort of write something down in a sort of, a, what I read a couple of years ago, I, was, I, I could sometimes read something I wrote and sort of say, I wonder who wrote that, you know. Yeah. So anyway, well, look, um, I'll, I'll keep an eye open for for that. I think I think that the, um, yeah, I I think that the Albanian side of McGonagall was kind of undercovered in the media. It seemed to be mostly trying to uh, link him to to Deripaska. But it, but my take on it was that his uh, work in Al- his Albanian corruption was much worse than anything, much worse than. Uh, or his corruption while he was at the FBI with Albania was incomparably worse morally than doing a contract for Deripaska after he was out of the FBI. But uh, other people dis- can disagree, I guess. Well, I
0: would agree. Um, if, you're inter- if you're intervening and giving the full weight of intelligence out of the New York counterterrorism unit uh, for the FBI and giving opposition research for an opponent and then running interference in an election – I say that's pretty bad, Stephen. <laughs> that's that's not good.
12: Well, it seemed it's, it seemed pretty bad to me, but uh, all the all the newspapers seem to be covering the Deripaska thing. Anyway, so I'm I'm glad that the Albanian thing is getting a little oxygen again. Didn't didn't didn't? Um, Bob Biden have something to do with Albania? So no, Bob <laughs>
11: Biden. Uh, he was in Kosovo uh, during the war, uh, but that's about oh. that. But uh, Duchka, the guy, the Albanian guy, which is individual B, he literally is the person that introduced Hunter Biden to the Chinese company, the CCP Chinese company. Uh, And that's why in that email chain, uh, Hunter was saying, oh, yeah, definitely, we need to take care of Duchka basically, for this introduction. And that introduction brought that five million initially, and then, you know, the rest, we've seen it and we've discussed it, but... And yeah, you're you're absolutely right. the the things that he did in Albania, the corruption that went on in Albania, and like Tres said about the file on the opponent of the Prime minister, it wasn't just that they he he prepared a file within the FBI office, which the PM of Albania used it against his op- uh, opponent. But in return, obviously he got favors, which then you go to the money that he received. Uh, Because it wasn't just cash out of the prime minister. It's a little bit more complicated than that. It was businesses that the prime minister facilitated in Albania. And that was the money that was coming in, basically, that he got caught.
12: Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll look forward to hearing about it. Okay. My my mic's off. I've been abusing. I've been talking too much. So.
0: Oh, no, Stephen, I've definitely been abusing you because, like, you're one of the very few people out here that are getting into the details of things that actually matter that connect the dots for people. And just so we're clear, Seth, Stephen, thank you for joining us. Um, like I said, I can't thank you. I thank you highly enough, but I'm getting direct messages. I'm seeing comments of you've actually connected dots for people are working on some part of an investigation of something where you've actually connected the dots. So like your work is not going unnoticed. And I think that, uh, what Dan said today about you, I think was very accurate. There's no reason that you shouldn't have 42 million followers because you are putting in the work and you've been putting in the work for some time. I'm not trying to fluff you up. I mean that I'm, I genuinely mean that anybody that knows me knows that if I say it, I mean it because of the work you guys have done you and full Nelson and, and, and Hans Monkey and all these guys, great, great work.
12: Actually, I, I, I had an interesting, I was in Washington, uh, about 10 days ago as a witness at a trial. And um, this is a, it was on a topic that i was actually truly expert on which was a climate topic and um, some proxy studies and um i um the 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 art the, there was one of the issues was whether anyway I, I was there to give technical evidence and then the uh as i when i got when i got um was ready to answer the technical questions and I think was on the key question of the whole trial which was about whether some guy had committed fraud the guy's lawyer objected saying that the evidence was too technical and um, and the judge agreed and so they blocked my testimony so that that was that was my my recent experience with with
0: DC, DC courts. Yeah, well, uh, and, you know, and, and for us, we look at DC courts as basically like the gulag, right? That is where that is where justice goes to die. So that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me.
6: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. Uh, and again, Stephen, thank you for joining us uh, tonight. If you guys want to come up and ask me, or, or maybe if Stephen will field a question. Uh, otherwise we're moving towards shutting down because we have gone very deep. I know it's a lot of information to ingest. I mean, obviously, if you guys are following myself and Jen and Dustin and and everyone on stage, then like, this is, this is uh, information that you're well aware of and maybe it's reaffirming or crystallizing it for you. But at the end of the day, I know it's a lot. And there's a lot of names. There's a lot of things to chase down. I know that a lot of people would much prefer to be able to get the bite-sized pieces that just make sense. It, but the thing is, And Jen, you've talked about this a lot. And Jen, I want to come to you on this. The whole point, and this is something that Millie, uh, our friend Millie's talked about too. The the whole reason that this is so convoluted, complicated, and confusing is because it's by design. Because if it was simple, then anyone would be able to kind of tie dots together and be able to put the story out. The point is being complicated. The thing is... And which I think that Stephen's done well, and myself, this is what I focus on when I'm investigating things. And Jen, what you were doing when you were asking about Anna McAnjou is remember the names. Always just remember the names, like remember the names, because the names will intersect. These same people that have these high levels of powers of influence, that have these same kind of levels of access, that attend these conferences or go to the, the MSC, or they show up at in the State Department, or they show up at the embassy, or they show up at these meetings, or they show up at these exercises, the reason the same names is because they have positioned themselves as experts within these specific, whether it be operations, color revolutions, whether it's censorship, whether it's uh, PR, like PR on steroids, like a Blue Star Strategies, or whether or not these people came out of certain camps. Because remember, there are individual camps, right? just because they're Democrats or just because they're Republicans doesn't mean they're on the same camps. Obama has his own camp, right? You've got the woke brigade coming out of the Obama camps. You've got the climate brigade coming out of the Hillary camp. You've got the establishment blah, blah, blah blob of DC coming out of the Biden camp, which he's just a chameleon latching onto all these other camps. And you're seeing like this push and pull uh, with like the Robert Hur investigation, which is kind of like a shot across the bow from Hillary and Obama. You're seeing all these camps kind of going at war with each other, but these names are very consistent. And these people have earned these earned. They have positioned themselves in these positions of of influence and, and authority. And so if you remember the names, you can typically trace it back and you can kind of connect the dots and you can kind of figure out kind of what, what Stephen was talking about. Like, oh, yeah, no, that was the Biden cadres, right? This is the Biden camp that are, that are going out. And these are the same people within this administration and State Department that are carrying out these same kind of Uh, operations while he was vice president in limbo and then president. So Jen, I I don't, you you see what I mean, Jen? Like I, I kind of wanted to kick it to you on that. And then maybe we'll, we'll start winding down the space, but.
7: Well, I think my head is winding down trash because I think you've covered it. Right. The fact that they're all operating in these individual spheres, and um, you know, acting like they don't interact or one doesn't have anything to do with the other, right? Even if the same people are showing up in all these different places, they're still acting like, oh no, like you're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. Um, Especially if you believe that George Soros is funding this, right? So they've done a really good job at enforcement narrative um, to the point where people are afraid to look at, like people are afraid to look like the guy from it's always sunny in Philadelphia when he's like trying to map out with the yarn, right. They, they have attributed that to um, being crazy, being psycho, needing to be in mental institutions because you're making connections where there's actually no connection, even though what you're seeing in black and white on paper, right. It is telling you differently. And and they've done a really good job at at actually like pinpointing that, picking it out, and then exploiting it to make sure that no one else would ever go down that road ever again. And it's their denial of reality that gets me, right? And the more they deny reality right in front of me and tell me what I see isn't what it is, like it, it really invigorates me to just push harder and harder because that means there's something there that they don't want looked at
0: no nope, that's 100 correct and i agree and uh so uh i'm gonna bring uh, there's a couple requests i'm gonna bring you guys up on quick um if you have questions uh to ask of the panel i would greatly appreciate it i'm not trying to limit you guys or censor you or whatever but i am winding down the space and i know you guys have been requesting but i just needed to be able to get through this information on the experts on the topic. And I think that we've done a, a pretty good job at trying to actually show you guys like this is not just some Russian disinformation agent that's been lying to the FBI. This is part of a bigger thing that maybe it was clerical. Maybe it was intentional. I don't know. I'm not positing that yet. Uh, I'm just looking at the facts. And so uh, I, I uh Brought up uh, Tangent and Zen and Corey. So, Zen, you got your hand up first. Let's go. We're going to cycle through and we'll probably go ahead and shut it down. And, and again, I can't thank you enough for your time tonight, Stephen. Thank you so much. I can't thank you guys enough for everything that you're doing for the United
12: States of America. I truly believe that we have to
4: eliminate all this corruption in our government, it's eaten our country
6: alive like cancer. I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you guys are doing. I appreciate it. Uh,
0: Zen, thank you so much. And uh, shout out to Steven and people like him and his, his, his corner of the internet, as they like to call it. I appreciate him for coming up. Zen, thank you for the kind words. Corey, go ahead.
5: Hello. I just wanted to uh, basically say the same thing as Zen. I, I appreciate everything you all do. I look for your all spaces, you and Dustin and Jen and uh, Diligent. Uh you all have been a lifesaver for us listeners. I'm just gonna say that because you know, you've like even with me, I've I've started hosting spaces and I'm trying to do more in the community and get get involved in the community, and that's thanks to you all and to and, and everybody. So I just wanted to to basically say the same thing as sin and I, I really appreciate you guys and have a good
0: night. Ah, man, thanks, Corey. Like, listen, um, self-praise stinks. Um, that's my line. Stamp on Gino's line. I, I I'm never gonna tout myself, right? Uh, Dustin won't. Jen won't. Like, we are literally, like, what you hear on Spaces is not contrived. Like, we are literally the same way in text messages, phone calls, or whatever. Like, hey, bro, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you see that this person and that person just came out with this bullshit? Like, that's connected to this. Like, holy shit. Hey, we should have a space on this or we should talk to people about this. Like, hey, look at this. Let's not let a narrative take hold. Let's try to do what we can to to counteract it. So I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, Corey, go ahead and follow up.
5: I just wanted to say that I can't get cocaine in the Ukraine out of my head. And I, I don't know what to do about it.
0: Well, I'm going to do something about it. So Dustin's here. Does he have access to the audio? Um, I don't think a better way to end this space with a little shenanigans, uh, with a little cocaine in Ukraine. Can you play it, Dustin? Or do I need to? Give me 10 seconds. All right. If 10 seconds I can handle. If not, I can find it. But uh, I think we can end this space on that. So I'm down. I'll
3: start singing if you don't have it
5: where they
0: were uh does not reflect an endorsement by the administration.
11: Who you try not to mess with don't you know who my daddy
0: did
10: hundred five was trading on his father's office to make fifty grand a month from the Ukrainian in October he admitted it.
11: I pipe and smoke it up for like Every day I'm tweaking Laptop peeking Pictures of me on a and vendor With Pro Joe got me working In the Ukraine gas company directing The only thing I know about gas You can have it Now I got 50K a month in my pocket For the directors For it's my ass massive My dead brother's widow And pregnant a tripper. But nothing is better than crack cocaine When you're rich and famous In the Ukraine Cocaine, cocaine. in the Ukraine
5: Cocaine in the Ukraine
6: Cocaine in the, Ukraine. Cocaine, Cocaine in the Ukraine. Ukraine. Cocaine in the Ukraine. Cocaine in the
11: Ukraine.
9: Cocaine in Ukraine. Get yourself some laptop. Let's fucking Let go. Go.
0: I got some I got some speaker requests. I got to give it to Kevin. I saw him in the community. I've seen him in the Telegram at uh, at at uh, Biden laptop Telegram. Let's go, guys. If you don't know what we're talking about here, like listen, we had a very serious space there. Uh, we were we're uh, this this stuff matters to me. Literally, nothing else matters to me than getting the truth out. Like the god, that sounds so fucking stupid and cliche. What I mean is, it actually matters to me that this information reaches somebody that it didn't reach yesterday. That I mean. With that being said, there's also a way that most people who have never even known what Hunter Biden laptop was. You can go to corruptlaptop.com. The site devs that created this, these guys are Gs. You can go look for yourself. There's photos, it's, there's going to be improvements. Like just go check it out for yourself. It's hilarious.
9: And the password is password.
0: Yeah, just go look at the crackbook the crackbook pro when you arrive on the password screen, what's the password, Dustin?
9: password is the same password of hunter biden's actual laptop <laughs> o- almost impossible to like crack i mean it it really is one of the you know really he took the operational security to the next level password no one would ever like even think to guess this trash it's just crazy it was password
0: <laughs> <laughs> so go check it out guys uh uh that's corrupt laptop.com that's why it's in my bio uh it, listen I can have serious spaces. I can have my deep dive borderline. Some would say autistic, even though I don't think I am. I just, I don't know. Maybe I am. I don't fucking know. Maybe I'm a spectrum. I don't know. I don't think I am. i seem to be pretty good socially, but uh, go to the, go to the website, go share it with your friends. If people have never seen it before, they don't have to risk downloading CP onto their computer. Cause that hard drive is horrendous. And why is it just a laptop? Even though we've been talking about many other broad reaching, high level type actions that our State Department and Office of the Presidency and Vice Presidency and all these people in between have been involved in. When it comes back to generally Hunter Biden with a crack pipe, it's not because I'm making fun of people with a drug addiction. No, quite contrary. It's the fact that I'm, I'm making fun of somebody with a drug addiction that was paid eighty three thousand dollars a month to sit on the board of Burisma because his last name is Biden, because the vice president Biden, who is his father, allowed his name to be sold for influence for millions and millions and millions of dollars. And he didn't give a shit about whatever else happened. And he was willing to destabilize entire regions to put eighty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars into his son's pocket so he can get 10 percent. He was the same guy that that on the day one of taking the office of the president wrote 76 executive orders, including executive orders that canceled federal lease on oil and gases in the United States. They weren't canceled. Mind you, he just sold them to Chinese energy firms where he could then again earn 10 percent. Because as we know, Mr. Hunter Crackpied Biden flew on Air Force Two And had meeting with Chinese energy officials in China on Air Force Two on official capacity business as the vice president's son. And he set him up. And Biden Inc. has been in full swing since early 2003, 2002. And it hasn't stopped. And that dude is now the president of the United States. And I think that we have every right to mock a son that falls asleep with a crack pipe that spends a million dollars in hookers. Although he sounds like a guy you might want to party with, maybe. At the end of the day, I don't think it's the guy that I want running the country. Just because some guy that was a lot of fun that I partied with when I was 20 doesn't mean I want him running the damn country. Yet, here we are. We have a foreign agent that should be registered under FARA, not registered under FARA, and oatmeal brains shitting his pants in the Vatican, has no business near the office of the presidency, and has a bunch of blue-haired goofballs that are cutting their tits off or filling their tits up. And these people are our moral betters, and they can tell us how to run the country. This is the fight that I believe that we're in. I don't mean to end on this some, such a memeable moment, but this is how I feel about it. I have a serious side, and I'm also going to meme these clowns into existence. So, Kevin, you joined our space. You're in our Telegram. Oh wait, uh, yeah, Tft. Go ahead.
11: Oh, I was just going to say I put a funny meme video
0: up in the window. Yeah, that's probably a good thing.
6: I totally hit the button wrong, man. I was getting excited with the uh, emojis there. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Thanks, this, guys, though. I always not, enjoy listening.
0: I, this is the first time anybody like trying to throw up an emoji and throw up a, a request to Mike. That's great. Now, listen. Love you, guys. My bad. If you guys want to uh, join the Telegram, I'm telling you, shenanigans, unfiltered. This is where the memes start. And, uh Bro. Chinese spy balloon hunter meme going bananas, Dustin, going bananas. Like that, was literally, like that was literally like somebody was like, Hey, can you make a sticker with Hunter Biden and a Chinese spy balloon? I'm like, I got you fam. And here we are. So good. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> All right. Jen, dust, everybody. Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, corrupt laptop.com. Uh, did you guys put the Telegram down below? I want people to join the Telegram for real. Like it's a lot of fun,
2: I'll
9: dude. It is absolutely
0: the, the best. Oops, I go. Somebody go.
9: I'm just watching this Bit Boy fight. Are they fighting? Yeah, dude. Bit Boy won. This is this is horse shit. I I wanna I wanna know what judges were looking at that. Bro, guy, actually. King told so, you. King told you you can't mess with a crackhead. Listen, he, he, he knocked Pitpoint down early and then gassed like super early, like barely threw a punch in the second and third rounds. Well yeah, like, you
0: you don't have a Hellcat you don't have a Hellcat in the ring I mean, Listen, I, know listen
9: he- I, I will tell you right now, I'll probably need three or four months to like fucking get myself in some kind of shape. But like I would I would absolutely whoop Bit Boy's ass. I'll just we train ahead.
12: tomorrow morning. Let's go.
0: Well, like Dustin, like you and I, right? Like you're, I think you're like you're basically my height and like my build, right? You're like we're just like six two, six three, two thirty, give or take, right? Yep.
9: Yeah, my 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 natural weight's probably two thirty, probably up around two fifty usually.
0: All right. So like we're the same height and roughly the same weight. Like yes. I have no I have no doubts about the fact that I could probably take that guy down because I think somebody expertly pointed out in the King's space that like the bones are fragile, but also don't mess with a crackhead. Right. Like so Bitboy also being a crackhead like listen, can, like, Dustin, you remember I was I was texting you the updates on like the video outside the house in Georgia when he was like basically just going completely unhinged, getting busted with like a bunch of drugs, his mistress and a gun. Like, this dude is unstable. Obviously a complete moon boy queer bait. Like, I can't stand I Listen, moon boys, I'm sorry if you're listening, moon boys. I can't fucking stand it. You guys are clowns. Please liars. define a moon boy. God damn. How can I not? Like, is is there any other definition? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm behind the times here. Please tell me. Like, oh, no. Does... We're talking about, like, the crypto bros, right? You know. Got shill it. a project, shill it to death, have a million followers, and be like, "Bro, eight, we're
4: going to the moon."
0: We're going to the moon, like. Well, with, well, guys, I, I don't know if you saw this, but BitBoy's trainer actually posted a really interesting video of the training techniques he was planning to use. Uh, I just put that up in the nest for everyone to see. Um, I'm I, looking I, at. I will
6: say
9: this: credit, credit to BitBoy. Yeah, like he yeah. he also gasped, but managed to like suck wind for like four or five seconds and then throw like one or two haymakers and then suck wind for two, like five seconds, five ten seconds, and then throw a couple haymakers. Like, uh, it, it, it is kind of funny watching like fucking dudes who are not trained to fight, like try to like, fuck it. And shout, shout out to the fucking Sproto gremlins, homie. Like, uh, mm-hmm. knock Bitcoin down early. And then he literally just gassed out. This is, this is, this is horseshit. horseshit.
0: Well, I've been holding a serious, academic space dustin about the corruption in Ukraine while all of y'all are eating popcorn screaming at the TV taking screenshots and I'm looking at a photo right now of bitboy and like I feel like I've missed out on so much but like honestly I think what happened tonight the conversation that we had and like the information that we went over it was actually very serious it was very important and like I had the rest of the weekend to shit talk bitboy and his and his crackhead ass but like I get it I get it. Y'all got, y'all got to have fun. And Lady Die, I'm about to close down the space. I would have brought you up. But let me just say this. And I'm going to be very clear because I agree with you. So Lady Di um, put a comment down below. She's requesting. But I'm literally about to close down the space. We're going to open up a fun space because I'm like fired up. It's only 10 o'clock my time. I'm going to shift from being serious to having fun. But what she said was this. I was just going to say real quick if I came up. That I almost would feel sorry for him, for Hunter, if they did not go after Trump with 87 indictments. Corruptlaptop.com for memes? Who? Where's Telegram? Oh, Lady Di, we have so much to put you on game with. Corruptlaptop.com. You can go look. It's an incredible site that was put up. You can view some of the Hunter Biden laptop material on it. The Telegram, I need somebody to put the Telegram down in the chat. Come join the Telegram. And as far as what uh, crypto that we're talking about in regards to laptop, um, dollar sign laptop, it's actually, I'm going to let Dustin explain this and take us out. And then somebody else create a fun space. and Let's go talk shit.
9: Let's do it. And trash. Incredible work is always exposing this stuff. And, and I'm, I'm sorry for always bringing like the the ridiculousness. Like I, I had you talking flat earth before we did the Andy Teloshenko space. A couple days ago. I can't help myself. I just can't help myself. Anyway, uh, the laptop token, it's on the Solana blockchain. We're currently sitting it right around a $2.5 million market cap. Uh, and we have, the, the, the whole concept is pretty simple. You can't censor a coin from going viral and spreading the information. And the number of people Trash will tell you, I think it's part of the reason he's so fired up about the project, and so many of us are, is we are introducing the actual contents of Hunter Biden's laptop to an audience that didn't know about it before. The number of times that people are telling us, wait, this isn't real, is it? I, I I'm not I'm not even joking. I've heard that hundreds of times over the course of the last 10 days. Right? Like that what what what's on corruptlaptop.com? That's not actually and it's like, bro, we curated that's like the the tamest stuff. Right? Like we we have we haven't even like dropped the like really crazy stuff. So uh, again, it's a whole concept I've been preaching for a long time about how we can use blockchain and cryptocurrencies as free speech tokens that illuminate and bypass the traditional media to deliver message important messages that would otherwise be censored. So it's working in a way that is beautiful. Get yourself some. Hold on to it. Help us continue to drive attention to it. And we're going to expose the Bidens for everything they are. It doesn't matter what the media tries to do.
0: Literally going to expose them for everything that they are, everything they're associated with. Like, just to be clear about something real quick, I've said this in another space. I'm going to keep saying it. Apparently, it's going to be my fucking signature sign off. Uh, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm literally America first guy. And I'm, I'm just pissed off that you maybe pay attention to politics the last 15 years. I didn't want to pay attention to it. The financial crisis made me pay attention to it. Ron Paul made me pay attention to it. Andrew Breitbart made me pay attention to it. And now that I'm paying attention to it, I'm not going to unpay attention to it. And matter of fact, I seem to have a knack for understanding how things operate. And I'm going to bring that to people so like you can understand with me. No one's paying me. I really wish they were, but they're not. I don't earn money off of it. I literally do this with a full-time fucking job. But I do have, you know, a fat sack of of laptop and it's probably going to go parabolic and I'm probably going to do OK from it. But that's not that's, that's it's not directly correlated. It's it's a symptom that we're all trying to figure out ways to end corruption uh, within our governments, within our taxpayer dollars as a net taxpayer. Like maybe be clear about something real quick again. I'm a net taxpayer. What that means is is that they take my W-2 income throughout the year, and then I still owe money. I owe thousands at the end of the year. And I see Joe Biden coming out here and forgiving 143 million or billion or whatever the fucking trillion dollars of student debt that I didn't pay for, that I don't have student debt for, but I got to pay for as a net taxpayer. Meanwhile, we're also funding forever fucking wars in, in various different countries. Meanwhile, I'm going to pay additional taxes and we're going to raise the taxes because we're going to hire 87,000 more IRS agents and weaponize them with a law enforcement agency to come after people like me that received a $600 fucking Venmo because they're like, hey, bro, like your work, here's 500 bucks. Oh, no. Why are you not claiming that on your taxes? You're, you're going to be audited. We're going to come after you. Everything has been weaponized against me of a system that I've been paying as a net taxpayer into to create and to begin with. So when I say I'm going to root out corruption, it's literally fuck you. I'm coming after you, your names aren't going to be silenced anymore, you're not going to live in the shadows, and you're not going to emotionally fucking manipulate people into some kind of forever war that's going to get my net net tax paying dollars into something. And you're not going to crush crypto, and you're not going to put a restrict act against small businesses for doing internet commerce. You're not going to crush small, medium business so Amazon can have a better bottom line at the end of the quarter when they can't even promote even remotely close to what to what NVIDIA is doing. Why is NVIDIA pumping the way it is? Because of AI and crypto and Web3. That's why you can't stop it and go fuck yourself.